better known as how in the hell did RJ get a three and two out of those picks edition? AJ Hoffman to my left, Steve Fezzik to my right. I'm RJ Bell. All right. This is going to be a very violent episode. <laughs> Crossfires abound. There will be blood. There will be blood. Great movie. Great movie. Okay. Fez, how you feeling? We got three crossfires. Is that correct? Fez and I? Three out of the five picks, yes. Three out of the five that you made. I just don't know why you don't have like a straw in front of your drink because you, you quoted there will be blood. Well, but here's the question is... I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> AJ, you seeming, seemingly never have crossfires with me. Uh, Coincidental. Coincidental. Interesting Coincidental. because uh, last week I won my first bet against you. Oh, I, I know, but you didn't know that you didn't know that it wasn't a pick of mine. I hadn't expressed during the week I like. It just seems like when I just offhand comments, I say, it seems like you line up with those picks a lot. Now, let's do this. Do you think... Are you not even denying it? Uh, no, I am absolutely denying it. How, how many games have you talked about to me this week? Well, You're taking a long the, time to answer this question. Yeah, you do the radio with me every day. Okay. And have you talked about any picks that you're on this week? I mean, that's the weird thing. It's almost, you know how they call Warren Buffett the Oracle from mm -hmm. Omaha? It's like he just says, he might say, oh, it's cold out. And they're like, he likes London Fog. Like they try to divine from what he says. I think that you just listen to my utterances. You see if I wear red, you think I'm probably on Alabama. It's just it, it's very much where you're reading it all, it seems like. I, I think you're giving me way too much credit. Is it, is it coincidental that you don't buck me much? I think historically you and I line up on a lot. Uh, and I, I and it, we come to it in very different I, ways. Well, but yeah, I originate it, and you listen to me and follow. Maybe it. that's what it is. <laughs> All I'll say is my picks were written down before you and Fez's. Well, you know, what's and somehow you avoided all my games. <laughs> you know what's funny, <laughs> Fez is this is the guy that told us what three games that he liked before the line moved that he magically liked but he did but but he goes but then now the lines moved yes uh curious lack of confidence for a guy who's hit 57 percent in college the last Wait, two i years. like his humility i do i just wish he had the balls to bat me more i'm sorry so Woo! so aj will take over but i like to do the best bets kind of a ceremonial role Faz, you're the two-time super contest champion and again, we went three and two. Good week. We want to keep, and it was a tough three and two. I mean, it was one of those grind, scratch it out kind of things. This is one where, like, you were you were handed Ugh. an urn with like twelve black marbles and three white ones, and like <laughs> from other people, and yet reached in and somehow found the three white ones. That was truly remarkable. But Mackenzie gets credit too, though he stayed till midnight because if I would have put the picks in at ten. 15. We would have been two and three. I would have had Seattle in there. Uh. And I kept listening and thinking, listening to another podcast. I, I like to consume. Listen, I like to consume information. I'm humble. I don't know if you noticed that. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> where's your performance at, McKenzie? Uh, worse than those. Worse than average for yes. that particular contest. Oh, but you're kicking butt out elsewhere. Just check my pregame picks. Listen, I can. It's a. Listen. Contests are a different animal. 
Steve, when you won it twice and everyone was trying to debunk you, that's what they said, wasn't it? I don't know what they said. Yeah, it wasn't it, good for you. It's like cash poker versus tournament poker. That is an excellent, yeah. excellent analogy because I, I get into a big debate where I don't like to play a bad line in a contest because I say when I put it in the contest, that's like an implied bet on that team. And given it's an implied bet, I want to get the best number on it. So well, the question is, if you're for, but here's the difference: you're forced to pick five. That's the thing. Yeah. Right? So, so I do have to go come up with every. Yeah, and and it's really hard to have like a, a bet you love and say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want them plus ten, but I love them plus ten and a half. Plus, there's let's be honest too. There's a lot of joy in taking a game. I mean, of all the, I've been doing this a long time. I've been in Vegas for over 20 years. I've been betting since I was 14 years old. That's the truth. Not in Vegas the whole time. When I go one way, like I had this, I had Chicago. Minus two and a half. It was my best bet here. Yep. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but I'm undefeated on my best bet here. You guys. I, I just want to make a big deal about it. I don't think, you, I, I, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, have you guys won a best bet? No. 0 2. Are you 0 2? I don't recall. Oh, I mean, then it's a moment too. Yeah. I know I'm on too. All right, so guys, RJ is. Uh, I mean, let's just say. Well, and RJ, we trust you. Yeah, we get money on him, baby. Here we go. Let's get tuition paid. I'm there for you. All right. I actually was relieved when you sent over your card, like the final card. Uh huh. And none of the picks that I sent over to him were on it. I said. You know what? That's going to save me a beating on Monday. You had Chargers? Uh-huh. Who else you had? Uh, Patriots. Well, that was a nice Winner. one. It was. That was on our card, right? No. I, but no. 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 What I'm saying is whatever he would have taken from my card probably would have been a loser. I didn't need the grief. Based on week one, I was like, no way. I'll, I'll take these five. And I asked my kids, I was like, man, I feel like we didn't even really talk about some of these games that ended up on our card. But they worked out. The guys, I like the picks that just emerge late to me. Yeah. I've had a real good record with those. I, I think it, it's if you look at it long enough, you get past your biases. Uh, you got those initial biases. Last thing, and we'll get to the games. I got a new concept I've been working on, Feds. Tell me what you think of this. It's kind of a variation on the two-point thing. How could the Patriots line have been any higher? Like For that line to be a good bet at six then the line should have been seven, you're saying. And I guess I just don't understand how good the Pats have to be to be lane seven on the road against a Jets team that most people think is not the worst team in in the NFL. I think more people are coming around that the Jets are, at least if they're not the worst, they're one of the three worst. Well, yeah, but that's different. To be one of the three, the, the Jags are worse than the Jets. What's your power rating say? Yeah, so Jacksonville 31st minus eight. Jets, 29th minus six. Jets, two points better. Who's and 30 in between them? Detroit. And who's that? Oh, Houston with um, – because oh, they, got, they got Mills at quarterback. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But without Mills, where's Houston? Yeah, we bump Houston up. F- oh, Houston goes in front of all those teams. That's right. right. So they're 29. Yeah. yeah. So A.J. hating on Houston was wrong is what you're saying. Yes. How are you feeling about Houston? I'm feeling good about under four and a half. So you would still bet that? Yeah. What would you put the number at, Steve? I'd put it at four right now, Houston, because of Mills. And I, how long is or is Taylor going to be out? We don't know. It depends. What's the expectation? It, it's a hamstring. Three uh, weeks? Which, I mean, yeah, it could, be, it could be a week. It could be four. A local radio guy in Houston said it was uh, four weeks expected. A.J. Hoffman? No, who was it? I'll grab it. It was a different guy. Okay. 
I don't trust that guy, whoever it is. At least he's allowed to talk to the press. I'm guessing you and that guy had a conflict. The team, probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Best bet, Steve Fezzik. Atlanta Falcons plus three Ooh. against the Giants. This one's real simple. I had the Giants slightly better, half a point better. All right. Go ahead and give them home field. We get to that line of three, right? Well, no, because home field looks like it's getting systematically overvalued. Had McKenzie actually run the numbers since 2019, it's pretty remarkable. Well, this year, very small sample. Road teams are 16 and 15. So straight up, straight up. Yeah. straight up. But if you go back to 2019 and 2020, I know there was no crowds 2020, but even if you look at 2019, if you look at the differential between home and away, it is negligible. So to, to try to even say home field's worth three, we can't have that conversation anymore. Is it worth one and a half? Is it worth two and a half? I'm not sure. And the Giants, that's not a stadium that has a particularly high home field advantage in general. At most, we would give them two. So if the Giants are half a point better, give them two, generous for home field, we still only get to two and a half, and I'm getting the almighty hook on the plus three. I like the Falcons. I think we've been wrong about home field the whole time. I think we got to consider how good the other team is on the road. Hmm. Like, I mean, think about it. The Falcons are a dome team, and I don't have their, their road stats, and I'm not sure how pertinent they even are. I guess since they've had the same quarterback for a while, maybe. But wouldn't you say in general that – we put too much emphasis on who's the home team and not on who the away team it's is. It's a great point. And yes. I mean, the Patriots, for example, when they were at their best, were great on the great road. Great on the road, yeah. So, and the Packers aren't, mm-hmm. right? And they're both, you know, good teams over the last X period of time. Um, I think home field advantage means less and less in general. I, I mean, we, Fez and I talked about it on the other pod today. It, it's, it's just not as important as it used to be. So the other pod... Uh, we did it. We've been doing before the dream preview, before the uh, the picks pod. We've been doing some of the macro stuff that we used to do inside this pod. Yeah. We've been doing it in a separate. So that's pod. up right now. Uh, yeah, soon enough. Yep. Okay, we'll be posted. up by the time anyone's listening to this. Yep, we're taping at six o'clock on Wednesday evening. Uh, also up is the college football podcast that we did the first episode last night. Taylor McCarg and I did. Taylor McCard. McCarg. What's his pedigree? Uh, he is a college football analyst for ESPN, former Rice Owls quarterback. You got to be smart to go to Rice, and he's qu- he knows the game. He knows the game. So, uh, and then uh, this week, the Ryder Cup or the golf pod that we that we have is going to be a little different because the matchups are now separate every day. So there'll be three mini pods this week instead of one big golf pod. But lot lots of uh, stuff to to get to. So the message is subscribe. It's of free. course. But on the pod that Fez and I did today, we talked about the home field advantage and how the value of it is going down, and maybe even where we landed at two and a half being sort of the standard, that might be too high. Yeah, I think two and a half or two is close enough. It, we don't have to overthink it. Yeah. I mean, to me, the jump to three, it, it, it never made sense because that half point is worth the same as from pick them to almost two and a half. So it's like, mm-hmm. in a way, by going to two and a half, we're cutting 40% off the value of it. Do we? And that's the question. Has it decreased that much? Data says it has. Now, I had an assumption that, with the crowds coming back, we would see a bump in home field the first couple of weeks, and that just did Maybe not happen. Maybe the new baseline is different. That the road teams got the advantage? Well, but that's the funny thing. If you actually look at it over 19, and let's just throw 20 out. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, 
in 19, it was almost even scoring. Yes. Right. So we have like 256 games, not counting the playoffs. We got two weeks of games here, so what, 30-some. You know, we're moving to, you know, 300-plus games at even. So what does that tell you? How, how could there be an advantage? I mean, it's, even if it was just your, the, the crowd, you know, on three plays making a difference, like, how could traveling be a, a, a disadvantage or traveling be an advantage? It can't be. It just can't be. And I, 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 it sounds like a huge sample size, you know, when you're getting to the 250s. But I can tell you, you ask any blackjack player that's playing, he's like, oh, I've got 200 and 250 all the Yeah, but that's a binary, right? It's a win or a loss. This is we're looking at the Pythagorean element. Yeah, we're looking at the point margin too, right? Yeah, the point margin is actually in 2019 was right about equal. That's what I'm saying. Now the home teams actually won 10 more games, I believe. You can double so check I, me, McKenzie. But that kind of makes sense that maybe the big crowd noise is the most valuable and it's a really close contested game in the end game. That's mm. correct. Mm. So you're saying you're laying seven and a half or something? If you're on the money line, it might matter, but it won't matter for the spread. Yes, that's a good point. All right. Let's play devil's advocate. Giants, they played a hell of a game against Washington. Yes. Now they have 10 days off. Did you account for that? Yes. We didn't hear that part. I, it, it's in my notes. So the 10 days benefits the Giants. However, I think the fact that Atlanta got smashed against Tampa Bay and got blown out when the stats were close to equal, they got embarrassed. And I think that's a positive for Atlanta. They got they got embarrassed a week before against Philly. How did that help them against uh, Tampa? They played pretty well against Tampa. It was a, it was a misleading final score. I think that's fair. So you think the Falcons are underrated? No, I think I I think both these teams are bad. I I I think they're both rated properly at um you know well below average. Why why is this line what it is? Uh, you saying it's the home field? We don't see other games that are just at three when they shouldn't be. So I think you're misconstruing a mispricing of the home field with the fact the market just thinks the Giants are better. Well, let's take a look at the seat. Let me take a look at the season win numbers being dealt on both teams, right? Yeah. Cause that should be a proxy for how good they are. And the Giants are lined at 5.6 and Atlanta's 5.5. So the season win market says the Giants are a sliver by just 10 cents better. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a good point, but that's from DraftKings. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, they both have zero wins right now. Yes. All right. What do you think, AJ? I, I'm I'm my one star is the Falcons, so I, I'm with him on this. I think these teams are basically even. So it's a one, yeah, one weight, but one, one star is fine to say too. Go ahead. Yeah, one weight. Uh, I, I think what we've seen here is maybe in it, the Falcons are bad. I'm not trying to make excuses for them. They are bad, but they've also played two really good defenses so far. They, they played Tampa and, and they played uh, Philly. Philly, and. Uh, to be honest, I, I, maybe it's an anomaly. Maybe it was a a, a fluke. They were three. They, it was a three-point game in the fourth quarter against the Bucks. They got blown out in the fourth quarter, and the, the final score says mm-hmm. they weren't competitive. But they were in that game for three quarters. It wasn't like they just snuck in at the very end of the third quarter. Like that was a competitive game throughout. They won the, the second and third quarter. They were in that game. I just think that the Giants being as bad as the Falcons. I think giving them a full three is is just it's too much. Daniel Jones. If you look at the, and then when I talk about EPA, it's always going to be in non blowouts or in competitive games between 10% and 90% chance to win, not on the ex- extremes. Daniel Jones, he's 13th, obviously, 13th on EPA. By the way, 
Tom Brady, 14th. He's getting old, maybe, Fez. Mm. Daniel Jones is just better than Tom Davis Brady. Davis Mills, 15th. <laughs> Only 11 passes, though, or 11 plays. Okay, let's talk about matchups. Philly's O-line, or I'm sorry, Atlanta got blown off the ball against Philly. That was the rationale. Giants have problems with their O-line. Could the case be made that Daniel Jones is mighty good if he's got time, if he's not getting strip-sacked, and Atlanta doesn't have the defense to put any pressure on him? You could make that case. All right. Certainly. Now, I think the Giants are down the lineman on offense, so that's going to help. You know, that's going to hurt their protection What's levels. the name of the lineman? I don't recall. Mackenzie, you want to look at that? Yeah, I'm on it. All right. So, I mean – Usually when there's a bad offensive line, if they have to replace someone, I don't usually worry too much because yeah. my thinking is they're not that good to start fair, with. Fair, fair enough. They, um, you know, maybe they just get worse, too. I you mean. know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, the Giants in week one in Denver. So they're down 17 points. There's six seconds to play. And Daniel Jones runs a quarterback. There's six seconds left. He runs a quarterback sneak. Could have gotten killed. Gets it in the end zone. I don't see that as a pot. I see that it's great that he's a c- competitor, but what's he doing? It's like oh, it's almost like the. What's it got to do with us, us here? Uh, until he gets hurt, I think it's a good thing, <laughs> right? I mean, people don't get insurance usually on something that's not valuable. Like worrying about protecting Daniel Jones, I think we better worry about him becoming valuable. <laughs> that's a good point, <laughs> right? All right, let's look at the matchups here because I do think this matchup is the only f- possible flaw in this game, and specifically. I want to look at the line play, and let's go to PFF for that. I've got a little grid here that I've been working on a little bit. And let's look at the Giants. So we got – now, this is fascinating. PFF says overall, great, Giants are 15th in the league, Atlanta's 30. Now, listen, their grading power ranking I'm not crazy about. Um, Offense, they're saying uh, Giants 18th. Atlanta 29th, defense, Giants 13th, Atlanta 28th. Against the pass, the Giants, or passing, they say have the Giants have the second-best passing offense. Wow. Now, again, this is their grading, you know, how well do each player do on the play, not mm-hmm. the cumulative effect of it, which though, that's all right. Now, pass blocking, they're tied for 27th. All right, now that's fascinating. So I want to see rush, run D, I want to see pressure. Atlanta is the worst team in the league when it comes to pressure. 32. See, I, I think you back, I think you might want to back off. Let's think about this a second. How good are the Giants when Daniel Jones is un, unperturbed? Much better. And isn't the, having the worst pass rush in the league the perfect matchup for an 0-2 Giants team that has a coach who is getting on the hot seat to some degree? I mean – it feels like Atlanta's understand, and here's what bothers me about Atlanta. Atlanta is in a cap hell right now, and they are making decisions for the cap. They didn't want to trade Julio Jones. They did it for the cap. We don't even know if they wanted. In fact, we're almost certain they didn't want to sign Matt Ryan to an extension, but they needed to restructure. Right. So how has Matt Ryan looked? Horrible. Right. Yes. And I mean, I don't, I don't get any sense that Matt Ryan's going to be getting any. You know, as he gets older, he's not getting any better. Matt Ryan, the the last uh, th- this season, his average depth of target is five. In the last four seasons, it's been eight point nine on average. He's where he's does ha- five rank in the league? Near the bottom. I mean, he's having to get rid of the ball much faster this year than than ever before. So Matt Ryan EPA is twenty seventh in the league. So. 
it feels like that they took the tight end because they needed to replace Julio Jones. That's as high as you've ever taken a tight end, or the highest, I think. I don't know. I think they would have rather have taken a quarterback and started rebuilding. This feels like a bridge year. I don't know. Here, here's something. When you said, Fez, that Daniel Jones is much better when he's not under pressure, I mean, so far PFF says he's the third best quarterback under pressure, the third best passer. Every quarterback is better under when they're not under pressure. So the fact that Daniel Jones is doing well, you're saying he's doing well under pressure. Uh, well, and here's something that this kind of speaks to, this rating. The guys at the top of this list, the, the two guys rated ahead of him, Kyler Murray, Tyrod Taylor, and much like Daniel Jones, guys who do well when they're improvising some. Except I think Daniel Jones, when he's improvising, is when he throws the crazy picks. Fumbles. When he fumbles. Look at last Look at last year. And if you look at the last two years. But, but if anything, that's making the case against or for the Giants this week against well, the worst rush or the worst that pressure. That he's less likely to, to, to have the, 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 the turnover that's, I mean, that's a good, good point. I mean, I, I go back to Matt Ryan the last two years. He was 14th and 16th in the league. He was an average quarterback, and Daniel Jones was slightly below average in terms of the rating. So to suddenly say Daniel Jones is the better quarterback, I'm not willing to go there. Well, I mean, I think right now, I mean, Daniel Jones is 13th. Matt Ryan's 27th in EPA. I, would you want to – I mean, that's interesting. What's the what's – the, um... Well, I had to go to uh, to page two to find him under pressure last year. So maybe that two-game sample is exactly. not so – what, So what was Daniel Jones last year? Last year his, his pass rating under pressure was 43.5, which was 56th in the league. Okay. Now, what was he not under pressure? I'll pull that because up. I, I think he's going to be like probably like 12. You know, you bring up a good point because I'm just have this mental picture of Daniel Jones fumbling every game, right? And and I and yeah, and he's got bodies, you know, all around him. If that's not the case, and he's home, maybe he'll be comfortable. Who do you think? I mean, this Mike Lombardi talks about this. Daniel Jones, if you leave him, good. 74.4, 21st in the league. All right, so 21st in the league when he's not under pressure, which means almost an average quarterback. And he's horrible otherwise. Yeah. I, I just think the Giants are more motivated right now. I, I think Atlanta knows it's a lost season for them. And I think, if anything, they sp shot their wad against Tampa. I don't think they think they want to make out. They thought, man, we almost got that. You think they're going to be as intense for a game that doesn't really matter? Yeah, they want to win. They're going to be super intense. But no, Both teams. the Giants? I think the Giants are going to play tight also. I think the Giants need a win like blood. And, oh, and, and so, so wait, Atlanta is going to have just the right fervor. <laughs> All right. I, I could I could oh, see the oh, crowd. Oh, oh, oh. I could see the crowd turn on the G-Men also. All right. Now, you know it's a best bet, so it's a $500 bet. Excellent. <laughs> You're not feeling too good about no, it. No, I'm that? very happy. Really? Yeah. Very happy. Why very is happy. Your, why is your face? Yeah, I see the odds here. Mm. I think it's going to go to two and a half. Well, it might. But you're right. You're right. You're right that in terms of when I'm doing my my NFL capping for the mo especially early in the week, it's very numbers generated, and I'm not looking yet at matchups. It's typically. Wednesday evening. It's not early in the week. I'm not looking at matchup advantages and disadvantages. I tend to do that later in the week and the like. And you bring up excellent points. All right. Well, we got a bet. Any final word, AJ? No, sir. And now your best bet. My best bet is the LA Chargers. Bet against them week one with my that best bet. That was last bet. week, right? I, well, I bet against them week one with my best bet and lost. Bet on them last week with my best bet and loss. I'm back to the well with them So, again. of course, 
That's the team to <laughs> I mean, listen. So here's what I was thinking today, and McKenzie did some research for me on this because I said – I knew what you were going to say. It's built into the line that the Chiefs are one eleven and one in their last, you know, thirteen games against the spread. One eleven and one. I I I hear people saying two and eleven. It's one eleven and one. Okay. All right. Uh, and again, which can't tie. It's, I, it's the New Orleans and the Tampa games that were three at the end of last year. They the line was oh, three and a half, went to two and a half. I had I had Tampa up three and a half in that game. But go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I said, you know what? Our, our betters figuring this out. And we went back and said, when's the last time the majority of cash was against the Chiefs? Week three of last year, the Baltimore game, it was 51%, and Kansas City still had 61% of the tickets. Chiefs were the underdog. Chief, yeah. So betters are not – they're continuing to run their head into this Chiefs wall – and say, nope, it's not real. Chiefs are better. Yeah, but what the public's doing is one thing. How is this line? What is money's this... doing. Well, but what, that's what the public's doing. But what I'm saying is that the, the, I think the misconception is if the public's going one way and the books disagree with it, they're not going to try to move the line to discourage. They want the public to bet. They don't mind being lopsided as long as the total amount of money is a small amount of the overall money. Super Bowl, they don't want that. You agree with that, Steve? Absolutely. And if you look at the Chiefs, the line moves in the game. Like, remember, week one against Cleveland, mm -hmm. a tsunami of money against the Chiefs. It was six, closed four and a half to five. So, whole bunch of money against the Chiefs. And then the week, you could say, well, the money came on the Chiefs against Baltimore. Well, that was injury report related. It was the, there was so many injuries for Baltimore that that line well, moved. What are we trying to figure out here? Is It seems like there's only one thing that matters. And tell me if you, in this discussion, is are the Chiefs being discounted now, or is there a premium being taken away? That there was a premium on them off the Super Bowl win, and now it's being taken away because people are tired of betting them. I think there's still a premium. Okay, so how? But that's the question. How do we assess that? So, what do your power ratings say on this game? Second spreadsheets. Let's just pull this up. Give me one second. Now, looking at it from the uh, DPR. At the athletic, not Mike Sando. Sando. We got the Chiefs <laughs> 5.7 points better, 5.7 better than an average NFL team. And then we're going to the Chargers, and the Chargers are minus a half a point. So you add that up, and it's going to be 6.2 for the Chiefs and home field. Wow. So this is saying that the this is kind of making his point. If we give even two points to home field, I, I, well, Chiefs got a pretty good home field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd give it two and a half. So that's going to put the Chiefs at some 8.2. So the line should be 8.7 based upon these power rankings. DPR from the Athletic. I have Kansas City four and a half points better. So that would make the line with a two and a half for home field. I'm going into the seven, 6.75. Right. The Chargers are obviously higher in the market than in any objective power rating because, or at least any power rating, it goes upon results because the Chargers just weren't good last year. And now they're supposed to be all, all this better team. What have they done now to make themselves better? They beat Washington. We don't really know how good Washington is yet, right? Mm hmm. And they got beat by the Cowboys. They held the Cowboys offense. Dak threw for 250 yards. Okay. The same Dak that went, in, went wild on Tampa. 
But when you lose the game, it's like somewhere. You always say the result of the game is just one data. It's like one piece of the puzzle. They did have two touchdowns called back for penalties. Who cares? It's easy to score when you hold people. Well, they called this stupid. (laughs) Like they said, Herbert was down when he wasn't. And oh god, haven't you learned yet that, that that looking at individual plays like that? Like there's not a hundred the other way, hundred in every direction. There, there. If right? you, if you, no, wrong. Huh? The Chargers should have won that game. It was should they should have won by by one to three points, and they <sighs> lost by three. One to three. It was really close. <laughs> it was an evenly played game, and the Cowboys flipped ahead even when the coin was biased towards tail. I don't know. I I never hear you talk about exceptions against your pick. Good that point. was my pick. Was that it's your pick? No, no, I'm just but, I mean, saying he – do you have the Chargers? The – on that game, I did not have anything. Okay. And do you have anything here that has a Chargers bias? I it? Yes, I'm on the – the Chargers are one of my selections. Mostly – it's a two-weight only. All right. So maybe we should make that point. There's a double leg <laughs> on this game. Okay. Yes. Right? And that's your – I'm asking a question. When's the last time you said – so you like the Chargers, not Kansas City. So when's the last time you said, let me tell you something about how Kansas City's final was deceptive last week? Never. So d- doesn't that tell a story, you think? Bias, yes. Yeah. But let's look at the stats. You want to look at the stats? I agree. What were the – I mean, let's pull up the yardage and let's look at the super sheet, McKenzie. Give us an overview of that Dallas game because Dallas got upgraded from that game a lot. I mean, it seems like the market really took notice of that. First, we can do. Oh, you got D- Dallas had ten more yards, and Dallas did win yards per play seven to six point six. So there's. So they had more yards. They had better yards per play, but somehow there's some stat that benefits the Chargers. Because the refs we kept were, throwing flags that, on my team when they were scoring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The league must really not want Herbert to do well. The the next big star. They they're really biased against Herbert. And the first downs were twenty five to twenty. You know, I'm going to recant. <laughs> I'm going to recant. This game could have been won by either team. It was an evenly played game. Dallas should have won by a half to 2.7 points. All right. (laughs) Go ahead, uh, AJ. Rebut. Uh, So here's the other thing. The Chargers defense, I think. We're ignoring the whole Dallas game now. No, we don't have to ignore it. You were screaming about 250 yards. I'm willing to ignore it now. I think my point was, was, was. Well, why don't we look at. I had the pick and I didn't make an excuse for the penalties. I didn't bring that up. Well, you, but you somehow said that some stat of 250 yards was seemingly the key. Is stat. holding Dak under 250 yards impressive to you? It matters. Were they let? Were they? McKenzie, what's Dak's they, average over the second. last year and hold a half? Were they going light in the box and, and and making it that they had to run the ball? Yeah, you can. Any team can make any team stop one facet of the game. They could shut Mahomes down, but they're going to be able to run like crazy. Pollard had a really big day. Yeah, Pollard had over 100 yards, right? Well, good news. The Chiefs can't run the ball. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's the number one draft pick, who's supposed to be great, 3.3 yards per carry and had a major fumble, a fumble that really cost him the game against Baltimore. I don't think, I don't think Andrew, Andy Reid's going to be looking, to for, looking forward to putting the game in his hands Did you see the, the, the post game with Kelsey comes out and he says, you know, we're all a team. We're not going to blame a loss on any, anyone. Now, it's true. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did fumble when we were in position <laughs> to kick the game-winning field goal. But it's on all of us. That's fun. All right. So let, just to finish up the Chargers against Dallas last week, we do win share, which listeners to the show know about. And... We've got the Chargers, this is fascinating, a 56% chance to have won that game. So, you know, they effectively had half a win, a little bit more, but they don't. 
because they lost. So they should have been minus a half. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, huh, that's fascinating. Well, how'd that game go at the end? What was it? Oh, to overtime. they kicked the 56-yard yeah. field goal. What did, you th- what did you think about that game management? I didn't find any mistakes. I thought it was fine. When, they, when they're, like, almost kneeling down and to kick a 56-yard field goal? It wasn't. They weren't almost kneeling down. They, they didn't have much time in that last drive. That's all they've been talking about on Get Up. And yeah. You think that's one you don't have any. I didn't see anything egregious, but I was like, they could have screwed up by trying to run another play. You know, it wasn't like there was the Vikings had 40 seconds left. There was well, like 10 the, seconds. But the distance between a 56-yarder and a 45-yarder, the percentage difference is gigantic it's like, on that. Like 12, 15%. I probably, you know, I got to go back and look at it. Yeah, right. I probably would have disagreed if I paid more attention to it. I, that's To me, my main concern here is what is it, how are the – because I love paying a team that the public likes, right, which obviously the Chiefs, if they're not covering. I love that. I just don't – I just wonder – I just wonder has the market adjusted in a way or is this like us coming – because if the Chiefs would be seven and a half in this game typically, and now they're six and a half, you, there's no value. But I guess it, this is all about the Chargers' power rating too. I think it's about the Chargers' advantage on offense versus the Chiefs' defense in the fourth quarter. If they get down by ten points, if the Chargers are when down, are they ever down by ten? Who oh, who's going to be down by Chargers 10? down by ten? Okay, in the fourth quarter. If you look at the Chiefs, the Chiefs' defense has given up. 7.7 yards per play. Let me put that in perspective. In two games. Yes, two games. The second worst in the league is 6.7, Dallas. So the Chiefs, their defense has given up. Well, like They're playing one of the best offenses in Baltimore, right? Sure, and in Cleveland. One, Cleveland. So the two of the five best offenses in football. Yeah, and and, they're, and this is another really good offense, and they're probably going to give up seven yards per play the in Chargers this game, too. Chargers are a really good offense? Oh, yes. Well, what, what stat backs that up? Uh, I mean, what do you mean? I mean's not an answer. What's that? I I don't have it in front of. Him. I'm just like, look at the talent you got. You got oh, Herbert. Oh, you sound you, like you Colin got, Cowherd now. Are you a scout? You, you, How good's this O line? We don't know. Yeah, that's the that's it's beat the, up. That's the weakness from the Chargers. Yeah, because I mean, the, weakness. the theory was they made the high draft choice with the left tackle, and then they when they beat Washington, you got to downgrade the. How much did you downgrade the Chargers off of last week? Well, they were supposed to. Have won the game fifty six percent of the but time. They're laying three and a half. I downgrade them half a point. All right, that's fair. I mean, you bring up a good point. I want to ask you about this. Yeah. So, so they get four new linemen, right? Mm-hmm. The Chargers do. Their fifth guy, the only guy coming back, is out and he's injured. Normally, I'd be like, oh, now they they go from one to zero. That's terrible. But does it really matter that much when he wasn't when dude wasn't used to playing with the other four guys, anyways? Uh, to me, the question would be: Is he doing any calls at the line or whatever? And again, that's still a little bit beyond me. I mean, I'm trying. This is the kind of stuff I'm trying to grow into. Let's look at the Chargers' grade from PFF on the line specifically, because that's interesting. Um, okay, so we got the Chargers' offense ninth, Kansas City offense eighth. This is grade now. Kansas City got the worst defense by grade. Uh, pass blocking, Chargers twenty fifth. Pass blocking, run blocking 12th. So they're better, you know, running the ball. Okay. I just wonder when does Kansas City wake up? They haven't lost many of these. That games. helps that they lost, right? To help so wake them up. waking up in yeah. theory. 
Because, I mean, we can say close call, close call, close call, but oftentimes they were up and opened the back door. You look at these losses, Kansas City against the spread, most of them were back doors. I mean, they're how, way up on Tampa. Yeah. Way up on Miami. Well, they backdoored Cleveland in a way. I mean, it, the Cleveland was ahead most of that, mm-hmm. that game this year. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is that was a rare occurrence. There's points in the season. That Miami, uh, that Miami game. Miami was up ten or whatever, mm-hmm. but then Chargers come back. Real Chargers haven't had many fourth quarter comebacks. No, in this streak. So if anything, <laughs> they, well, they lose every close game. Yeah, well, that's why they fired their coach. Well, they win every close. Oh, I'm sorry. We're talking Chargers. Oh, I meant Chiefs. The, okay. Chief, the Chiefs have been in a situation where they've. I've been talking about the Chiefs the whole time because gotcha. it's two and eleven yep, or whatever right. one eleven and one record. Is my point is the Chiefs have been lackadaisical with the lead. Like against Tampa, they got up 17, they win by three, and they, all right, maybe Mahomes has to get a first down to win the game. Yeah. The, something that concerns me about the Chiefs defensively, and I know they've played two really good run def- or run offenses so far, 200 yards per game on the ground through two games, is it's crazy to me. Now, part of that's by design. That the Chiefs are like, you can run the ball, you know, and and we know that that's not optimal, you know, analytic-wise. Do you think that's not optical, optimal analytic-wise against the Ravens? I, I think it's the opposite. I think letting the Ravens run for 200 yards on you, analytics would say you're going to lose almost every time. Uh, listen, the Chiefs were in a situation where Lamar Jackson supposedly had this amazing game. I'm not sure how amazing it was. It was a good game. And if Allaire doesn't fumble... You know, what's the chance to win that? I mean, who's who's favorite? You've got the uh, win, win share, right? Well, I got the win shares in the fourth quarter. Oh, okay, okay. It's about 78%. So, they, if they don't get a first down Kansas City, mm-hmm. they'll kick that to kick a, like a 47-yard field goal. And Baltimore has time left. And Baltimore's time to, just to win. And Baltimore has time left. But if, if Kansas City gets a first down, they win 90% of the time. So Kansas City's win share was 56% in that game. Okay. So what I'm saying is I don't think that fumble – the fact that they're three or were four and zero against Lamar Jackson or three and zero. Three and zero. You were three and zero against Lamar, and we're seventy eight percent. You're saying? I'll call it seventy five. Seventy five percent to win the game. You stop time right there. I don't think we critique Andy Reid's like approach with Baltimore too much, right? Now it went a different direction here. Are you on this too? Yes. All right. <laughs> I'll double bet you guys. Plus, I'm getting the best of this here. Finally, I'm getting. You are getting the best. And, and, and I, have a note, I have a note. I bet this at seven, and I was like, I, 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 yeah, it's they, hard to get I five. I can't games. imagine this going low. Can I go? Can I go? Pro, can go I go prop seven? bet? I really like a prop yeah, bet. Yeah, but here. hold on a second. Go ahead. Is this going to go seven? No. You don't think? No. On Sunday? No. Six and a half, eleven. Sorry, more than halfway there. It, it, this is one of those games. You know what? If this is interesting, I'm going to make a. I want to ask you about this because right. I feel strongly about this. If this game was seven on Saturday night, it would close six and a half because the, the, it would be a darling amongst the, the handicappers and the, the, the late release guys saying, take the Chargers plus seven. However, if on Saturday night it's six and a half, it, won't, it might close 6.757 because the handicappers aren't going to want to release Chargers six and a half. I don't think the handicappers half. these days are moving lines like that. Collectively, you get enough of them all doing the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's. I think what you're attributing to handicappers is the public's own feeling themselves. The only difference you're saying is the fact of Saturday night being some artificial time that they're deciding their picks. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, so we got a, a bet, two, so 300 with you, 300 with you. Here's my question. How does this line get any lower? Meaning, this is it. This is as bad as, like, if we look at the off-season lines here, right? So we got the summer line, the look-ahead line, all of it. Kansas City in the summer was seven and a half, okay? So explain to me what's happened since then. Do the charges really get upgraded since the summer for what? For what? They don't get upgraded. They're they're about the team we thought they would. They they outplayed Washington and then they lost to Dallas. You so, don't upgrade them. You may if anything get downgrade them slightly. Yeah, I, I think that I I think that that I mean again, if Washington turns out to be what we thought they were, then I think you're right, even. If Washington is bad like we think, maybe, unfortunately, then I think it's a downgrade. Yes, I agree with that. So now the question is, what's Kansas City done? They had a. They went into Baltimore just because that line went where it went. That's crazy. They went into the place that just last year you were laying three and a half, mm-hmm. right, Baltimore, and they had a seventy-five percent chance to win the game late with Mahomes throwing his first interception in September ever. It's just watching that Baltimore game. If they replayed that thing, if the line's two and a half, I'm laying it with Baltimore. With Kansas City. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Baltimore, Kansas City. Oh, I'm laying it with Kansas City. Yeah, sorry. You know, it, it's a really difficult game to process because in the first quarter, Lamar Jackson threw a pick six. He missed a touchdown. she tends to do. Exactly. Missed a touchdown bomb. I don't know if it was, she tends to do. I don't know if it's Brown was wide open by 10 yards. Misses him. And then drives in the red zone and throws an interception. He's terrible in the first quarter. And then the next three quarters, he's MVP. Is he MVP? I don't. I don't. The see next it. three quarters, if he play, I mean, he played great. The next three quarters. Here's the. I mean, can we just? Are we pretending like Kansas City's defense isn't one of the worst in the league at this point? But again, why would their D be any worse than last year? We got two games against two of the best offenses in football, and it's a bend not break defense that always statistically doesn't do as well as their bottom line results under Spagnola. They've their defense has been quite good. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Their one play, they're, they're, they literally were sitting. How much time was left when Alaire fumbled? It's like, I th- believe, two and a half minutes, somewhere okay. around there, on the other side of the two. So, like, line. 118 minutes into the season, they would have beaten maybe the second best team in the AFC and maybe the, like, the. the, the You're right. They win this game and they're laying seven and a half, and I'm taking six and a half. What am I doing? The best team, listen, the best teams in the AFC, Kansas City, maybe Buffalo, we'll see, but they're in the list. Baltimore and Cleveland. Yes. Right? Is it even a debate? No. They're going to knock two of the three off. And by the way, the last game they played in the AFC was Buffalo they knocked off. So in the last, and I know it was last year's team, but for three successive games, other than the Super Bowl, to beat Buffalo, Cleveland, and then beat Baltimore at 75% with two minutes left, it's hard to say that team. Now you got them awful lost. They're pissed against. Herbert, who is like the guy who's trying to take over for Mahomes, do you question the max effort, Kansas City max effort? Don't question that at all. This and, is and how, all... Much, how much about, I'm sorry, about their ATS streak has been about effort. And how all, much has been about... all of it, because they seemingly at will could throw the switch. When they got up big, they, they'd exactly. let up. And when they got behind, there's the cheetah. Touchdown. Thus, you're saying, I bet against Kansas City because sometimes they're lax a days ago, but they won't be lax a days ago in this game. 
Yes, so I don't want to bet. Do we the think they would have been lackadaisical in the Baltimore game? You just said it's more, the, the first two games of the season were against maybe the second and third best teams in the AFC, mm-hmm. but we're excusing them not covering because they were lackadaisical? Well, well no, not covering. Clyde Edwards fumbled the game away. Well, but no, I hear your point. If covering's a different conversation, that's, well, that, well, that's why we're talking about motivation, yeah. right? Well, no. I, I, think, I think we've been talking about motivation when they've been up big in games and then let, let teams come back. I don't think these two games was a lack of motivation necessarily. You think that the Browns and Ravens are just that good? They just played well. I mean, but it's one of those kind of – they. Play, I mean, the Browns, this was like their game of the year. The Browns no, did not come play off against – Playoff you. revenge, revamp yeah. team. And plus, they were like, we want to establish ourselves. They were ready to go. They got the nine – week one game in like 17 years. Yeah, they're one in 21 or whatever. Um Austin Eckler over, Chargers running back. He looks really good, and the Chiefs are going – that's what they do. They let the other teams run. I think Eckler, it'd probably be like 82, I would guess. I, I think that over is a real good bet. Oh, all right. I like that. I, I like that. Final thought? I would say that if we're talking about motivation, the Chargers hired a new head coach and presumably said, hey, the job is beat Kansas City. I, I would guess that he's pretty motivated too. <laughs> But it's not about the coach's motivation. It's about the and we're not questioning the chart. Usually the un, usually the contender is motivated against the champ. The question is how motivated is the champ? Yeah. Right. But you got to wonder: Are the Chargers motivated, or are they maybe a little scared? Like they can't beat these guys. Right. Last year it was Herbert. What was that? His first game when he when they went to overtime with him. I'm trying to remember. I don't like being on the favorite side here. Meaning I don't like having to lay it. It just feels extra cheap. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, think about it. The Browns were what? Five. What was the Browns in this? Five and a half? Five. Five. How much? What do you have the Browns versus the Chargers? Oh, the Browns are way better than the Chargers. All right. So you're taking six and a half. Cleveland's three points better. Cleveland's two points better right now. Last year, Kansas City beat the Chargers. Yes, Kansas City beat the Chargers twenty-three twenty in overtime, week mm-hmm. two. Yeah, that's the one. It was the and, and yeah, and it should have. That's one that was truly fifty-fifty type of game. And then week seventeen at Kansas City, uh, smacked them around. Chargers thirty-eight, Chiefs twenty-one. But that was the last game of the year. Yeah, <laughs> you might want to mention they didn't. Play I said week start. seventeen. Oh, okay. They didn't yeah, play yeah. any their starters. No. Okay, so last point, Browns. Now, not much has changed between the. I mean, you certainly haven't downgraded Kansas City in some major way, have you? I downgraded them actually at points. But why? Why? Because they're giving up seven point seven yards per play, RJ. The league average is five point seven. That's two yards worse than an so average. Don't you see that's the problem with yards per play? I, I understand no, they're playing two juggernaut offenses. I get it. They still shouldn't be giving up. You know, I, I think seven point seven. Come on. It's so funny. I've never been on Kansas City hardly. And now I'm on them. Mm. Maybe we see something here. It's I. I feel like that is. It's like a house in a nice neighborhood. I've been eyeballing, <laughs> and finally, like the the nuclear power plant opened up, and I'm looking to buy now. I think maybe I'm rubbing off on you because I feel like if I'd made this play, if I'd said Chiefs minus no, six and a half, is, you would be saying oh, that's pretty square. God, no, it's not square taking a team. The whole thing about square and sharp is it means you're with the public, which means it's expensive. There's no way to think Kansas City's expensive right now. How could they be? Let's go back one more to the Browns. You're saying the Browns are two points better than the Chargers right yes. now. Yes. That's it? Yes. Okay. I don't know about that. So the line was what, five? Yes. That means it should be seven. seven. You're right. You're so right. And I even with? said I need and seven. the question is how could this be the right pick? Meaning, how could you lay 110 on this? Because that means the line should be what, four? 
I think what happened, uh-huh. we talked about this last year. I watched the Cowboy game, and I'm like, oh, the Chargers probably had an excellent chance to win, and they lost. So there has to be value, but there isn't value. There isn't. There isn't. It's, it's short. I agree. All right. You want to just pay me? No. Maybe I'll suck out. You still feeling it? I'm still feeling it. Well, make it. I mean, I get your point that, I mean, it's not What cheap. should the line be? Because Pro- when you're making a bet, you're implicitly saying. It should saying- probably be seven. And, and you, you said this earlier, and I'm, I'm And we're I'm taking six and a half when it should I mean, be seven. That's, I, I'm not, not good. I'm not saying I feel great about it. <laughs> not great. It's your, it's your second pick. It's, it's your my first bet? pick, yeah. Holy shit. I went against both of the best bets. Yeah. All right. You mentioned, you know, in the Super Bowl, they don't want that. If, if this was the Super Bowl, would we agree the Chiefs would be seven? Say it one more time. Chargers no, don't or, go to Super Bowls. Uh, in a hypothetical world where two teams in the same division could play each yeah, other yeah. in the Super Bowl – Knowing the Chiefs are going to be the the favorite, would they put this at seven? To, this exact game. Yeah. Well, one thing I think about is that means the Chargers would have actually won some games, which I they've got the have, same record right now. If magically oh. they just put these guys in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what I'm saying because I think the Chargers are all talk right now. One, don't you question Staley as a game manager? As a, I mean, the fact that it's same old Chargers losing games late. I heard a lot of talk like, man, they, they made some mistakes. If you watch this game. The Washington game, they won. They do, they dominated that game statistically. It should not have come down to the end game, and it did. You know, Which they is a bad thing, too. It's right? a bad thing. If you're yeah. underplaying your stats, that's bad. It's like that. a chess game where the, like one side is like you're looking over, and they're like, oh, this guy's crushing. He's up two pawns. He's fine. And then you look at the end game, you're like, holy shit, he could lose this. I think this is one, and, and obviously this is where you and I, the way we handicap is a lot different. I took. I walked away from that Chargers game, and I watched the game. I watched the entire game, and I felt better about the Chargers than I did going into the game. How could that be? Because I watched the game. I, what I'm saying, I'm asking you to explain. Because the Chargers held down. They held down the Cowboys' offense that had their way with Tampa. They're better defensively than I thought they were. And if it weren't for two bad calls, I think that we're talking a different conversation here. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How many times did the Cowboys punt? One, yeah. How many times that, did the Chargers punt? Zero. Zero. But you said, but you said, correct me if I'm wrong, that the Chargers held down the Dallas offense. If you're going to hold down down offense, you got to make them punt more than no, once. That's fair. Yeah, I think I think the whole Dak fixation, and I do think this is some. Listen, I'm learning as we go here. It's a new era of NFL handicapping, and this whole kind of passing is for squares, you know. It's the Chiefs ranked, this is from McKenzie, 31st in defending the run by DVOA in the 2020 season. Opponents ball to, uh, ranked third and Cleveland ranked seventh. All right. So you're saying get, defending the run, the Chiefs were 31st, Baltimore was third, Cleveland was seventh, defending the run, correct? Yes, and I'm thinking their defense looks as bad as it possibly can look because they went up against two bad matchups for that particular defense. But was the opponents Baltimore ranked third and seventh Defending the run or no, running, the, running the ball? Running the Offense. Ball. Why didn't you say that? I should have said that. I should have had that on the slide. <laughs> okay. So what we're saying here is bad run defense in general by design or whatever. It's not that you want it to be bad. It's if you have – it's like let's say you go to a place you can have one – you have a budget for one nice dinner every day. But you got to eat a, a, a bargain lunch. You're making a choice. You have finite resources. You're eating bargain lunch and a nice dinner. They're saying we got finite money to spend. We're going to spend it on things other than defending the run. That's a choice. But they play two teams that run the hell out of the ball. But they always dominate Baltimore, and Baltimore always can run. 
Well, so if you look at comps you look from at prior do- years. If you look at those dominations. It was always lamenting that Baltimore couldn't stay competitive because the theory was Lamar could do it in the second half. Though they were down 11, they kept their poise. I mean, it was yeah. a, Baltimore. That's a great point. Baltimore, you know, Baltimore doesn't come back typically when they get down. You see that? I mean, that was a that felt like Baltimore felt like it was a must win game. Yeah. So when you play, I would say this of all the games played this year, wouldn't you say that Cleveland against Kansas City and Baltimore against Kansas City were two of the five most motivated teams in all of football? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's probably fair. So. If you can take those two blows and be at a 75% chance of being 2-0, and it's hard to say that this team's bad. And if they're not bad, why are they at their low point? I, I think we got to be a little fair. we got to say that they had a 75, only 75% chance to win the first game against Cleveland also or whatever it was. But they you know, won that. That's in yeah. the books. <laughs> well, I mean, it goes both ways. No, it doesn't. because You we, can't say they could well, no, We're, they talk, we're not talking about the yeah. truth because the truth is no one should ever mm-hmm. – I guess rarely should you get a one full win. Sure. But what we're saying is that we're talking public perception. We're talking how good a team – yeah. This is not going to happen all year long, that everyone's max motivation game is the game against the Chiefs uh, I think and that, Tampa. that would have been the case – when they were champs, I think now a little I mean, bit less. I mean, they're perceived as the best team. But the question is how much – well, yeah, I, I question that. I do too, but I, I think that, I mean, perception is. All I know is this. Andy, how many games has Kansas City lost in the last two, you know, three years? Since Mahomes came back from that injury, when you were the first to spot how good the Chiefs were going to be, what's their record? Like they got three losses? I think two because I, I'm not going to ding them. Wait, well, they lost the – you're right, three. They lost the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Raiders, and they lost last week. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting the, the spare Chiefs yeah, yeah, week yeah. 17 loss. So, I mean, this team doesn't lose. They lost, I think, you know, I don't know. That's a good – that's a really good point. So you got a 23-3 and three team. Yeah, that's laying six and a half to a team that was that is below a- 500 last year, and they're 500 this year. I don't know how good the chart. What's the market say the Chargers should be right now? Like, what's the over under at DraftKings? Nine and a half. They're one on one. Same as same as it was. Same as it was pre. All right, that's interesting. And what's and what was Kansas City before the season? Twelve and a half. Okay. Uh, twelve point two five. And so that's almost still, three wins different. And they're still twelve point two five. So almost three wins different. Yes. Okay. So that means what to points spread? Six point nine on a neutral. Okay. So home field gets to what? Home, home field over two, yes, yeah, right. Greater than seven. I'm so, Kansas you know, City. Kansas City is more than two, though. At home, they're two and a half. Yeah, but, but through the key number, you're fine. We'll make it eight and a half. All right, I'm I'm sold. Forget this pick. <laughs> well, we're not forgetting the pick. I had to. I had to. Hey, I got to circle five things, <laughs> and I don't want to take the freaking Jets. Are you gonna recant? I mean, what can I do? I, I, you can't, well, you can't I, get off the no, off the bat, but you can tell the audience. I feel weaker about it than I did coming in. So, all right, that's. I want to weaken. Yeah. All right, we fold. All right, now for the guy that won his best bet last week and the week before, I'm passing. No, is <laughs> I'm going with the best team in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The guy who just said, I don't like taking the public favorites. Both but these teams the are question, public. Are they the public team here? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Mackenzie, what's the bet split on this game? We got the other screen up here. It's early in the week. Fez, what would you, you think? You just told him it's not. It's Wednesday evening. It's not early in the week. It's early when it comes to bet. <laughs> no, when it comes to handicapping, it's not early. When it comes to the public betting numbers, it's gotcha. early. I guess fifty-five percent bucks. Seventy-two percent of the cash on the bucks. Only seventy percent of the tickets. About the same. Okay, still a lot on the bucks. Okay, so it's one and a half contest line. 
the Bucks. So let's think about what that's saying. If we say about three points better, what's your power rating say? So power ratings have Tampa the best team, and the Rams are two points worse. So I'd have Bucks minus two on a neutral. Okay, so you you actually think the sign's a little high based upon that? Pick them, yeah. I okay. Make- now here's my question: What do we know about the Rams? Meaning, we had the team last year. They changed their quarterback, which is a major change. They lost their defensive coordinator, major change. How would you rate how the Rams have done this year? Their offense is better than we expected because Stafford has answered all the questions and he can go has deep. He? Oh, yeah, he can I, go deep. Well, well I know, we know he has a good arm. Well, I mean, just the, and I think it's a good stat. In 2020, the Rams only had like two 50 yard pass plays and they got two in the first half with Stafford. Mackenzie, let's look at the um, Football Outsiders grade game overall for the Rams, both their games. I think that the Chicago game was a fugazi. I mean, Dalton went into the – I think it was six of the six straight possessions he went to the into the Rams' side of the field. Now, now you nailed it. The Rams' defense is much better, much worse than it was last year. Um, and it's being – it's misleading because – What's misleading? The final scores have been yeah, misleading, exactly. especially in the first half because you nailed it. So the Bears, first drive, boom, right into the red zone, turnover in the end zone. In the first half, again, two drives into Rams territory, two failures on fourth down, and then Joey in the belly. Nagy again gets into Rams territory and punts because he's so sick of failing on fourth and short. That's one game. Then look at what happened against Indianapolis. Mm. First drive, boom! First and goal from the one, zero points. End of the first quarter, first and goal from the five, zero points. Now, you can say, well, the defense stepped it up. I don't care how good your defense is. If, if whoever you're playing, I don't care if it's Jacksonville, they get a first and goal on the three, they're going to score more often than not. Red zone, defense, a lot of randomness. The Rams' D looks way better in terms of what they've given up in those first halves versus what they should have. So what's those grades, McKenzie? They were 67% in week one versus the Bears, 26% against um, in week two. For context, about 30% leads the league most years. Okay, so... I mean, you can't think that's explainable, right? Or exp- you explained anything. So this is the way that the DVOA is plus 67% is the way they say it, right? W- where was that grade at that week? Where did 67% rank? Second best. Okay. And who was first? One second. How could you know they were second was probably and not know the who Saints. was first? I'm going to guess the oh, – oh, I was going to guess the Eagles. Interesting. Because if you have the super sheet, it, it has the rankings It's going to be one of those, too. It has yeah. to be. Huh? I, was, we, I said the Saints. He said the I Eagles. I think you're right. McKenzie? It was the Saints. Okay. So, and 26 was ranked what that week? I don't understand. How could against Tenth. the Bears it be the second best performance? That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. This is the overall. Okay, go ahead. It was 26% was 10th that week. 10th. Okay. All right. I personally think the Rams' defense is way overrated, and I think we don't really know what Stafford's going to do. I mean, I'm not saying he's not better than Goff. The question is, what would you say the 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 negative, the downgrade on defense versus the upgrade on offense? What's the net difference to you? Understanding offense is more, they're worse. They're worse. And how's your power rating compared to last year? Take a look. I'm at betting it's higher. Yeah. Uh huh. It's a Narrative. lot. It's a lot higher. How much higher? 
I've got them f- plus four and a half, and I had them at the end of the year. It's like a plus two and a half. They're two. So how have they higher. gotten better? It's narrative. Are we still going to say we, Tampa's the, the, exactly what they were? Because last I year? upgraded them two and a half. Oh, we're looking at one team at because a time. I because I thought their defense would still kick ass, and I upgraded them two and a half points for Stafford, and they didn't. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is the defense hasn't kicked ass. I and, and Stafford is, I think, playing very well, but it's already built into my numbers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, here's the other thing. Well, can, can I jump in real quick? Oh yes. I I hear you. And listen, all due respect to both of you. I hear this talk about the Rams being not as good defensively or they're down from last year defensively. The numbers that McKenzie puts up here. Oh, those are game numbers. Okay, but that's two games. What's the defense? What's the def- defensive numbers in those games? Go ahead. But PFF has them at 84.7 defensively, the number one team on defense. All right, so 84%. Which power? What, what rankings? That's are their overall defensive. Okay, so these are the grades yes, against the Bears. Grades. Against the Bears, and and it would have been against the Colts, right? Yes. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Let's look. Read the read the teams in order. It's the this is the well. Let's do this. Read the teams overall grade. Uh, their offense and defense combined. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see if these power ratings line up to yours, fast. Packers are the, the best team. Number one. Hmm. I don't see that. Oh. Uh, you- Packers. Wait. The Packers that got beat. By like forty against. No, I had last year's up. Oh, I apologize. Hold on. They're still number one defensively. You're lucky. Eighty point three. All right. So the the, Packers? No, the (laughs) the Rams. The number one overall is the Rams. Okay. Eighty nine point zero. Go ahead. Number two, Tampa, eighty seven point two. All right, that seems reasonable. Number three, Denver, eighty one point seven. Denver's the third best team. Where do you have Denver? I don't. I don't like Denver. All right, but you're not going to use these rankings for that. Go ahead. No. (laughs) Uh, Cleveland four. All right, I can deal with that. Carolina five. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sam Darnold, baby. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dallas six, Arizona seven, Philly eight. Dallas is the sixth best team? Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know how to use those rankings, but I don't think any use might be right. So we're, we're throwing PFF out No, altogether? no, no. What we're saying is it's good for players. I don't know how they aggregate those player grades into team grades. What I know is... They've got their power rankings. Go up to the betting area, right, and then go into the power rankings, and they actually have some good power rankings. Go ahead, Fez, and then he can talk about that. I think we need to talk about strength of schedule for the Rams' offenses that they face. So they face the Bears, Mm -hmm. right? And then we saw the Bears against the Bengals. If you didn't watch that game— like 99% of the audience. It was it was one of the most pathetic performances for the Bears offense. They got a Rokon Smith had like a 60-yard interception return. That's that's the only reason the Bears got 20 instead of 13. They were terrible. And the Colts, the Colts were bad against Seattle. That's the same Seattle team that got torched by Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So they basically got two bad offenses. And when they got to play the Colts, Carson Wentz, two sprained ankles, had to leave the game. At the same time, I think. At the same time. And then the end game, the last, I know it's only five or six plays, but Jacob Eason comes in and does nothing. DVOA ranked defense for the Rams, 11th in the league against Chicago, 8th against the Colts. I think ninth or 10th is about right. So, but last year they were top three on defense. Well, we can agree that they're better than the two defenses that the the Bucs have played so far, Dallas and Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but they've scored like 30, like 70 points in those two games. Okay. Combined. And it, so what's they've your also point? given up that a you lot think of the points. Rams, what do you th- where do you got the Rams in your power ranking? I think they're probably, I think they're four or five for me. Okay. 
And the, the here's the the PFF uh, power rankings. Bucks are number two. They're six point six. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Bills, then Rams for three point six. So three uh, three points difference. Three point difference. All right. So that you have two three is actually lined up right. Uh, let's think about this a second. So. Three points difference means they'd be a one point, if you assume a two point home field. You're going to get the Rams in LA and that. Oh, that's a good point, too. Yeah. So. You know what? I'm going to call you on that, too, because you said the Chargers were going to have no home field. I watched that. Their, their fans were wild in that game. And maybe it's just the first game of the season and first game against for the, the Cowboys. Chargers and fans. The Cowboys Those were the Cowboys it? fans that were going. Yeah, wild. it was 50 50, wasn't it? Listen, there were plenty of Chargers I fans. Think it, there. I think, you know what? I, I watched the game. I, I really, I agree with you because it looked like a really packed house, but I think it was like 65% Cowboys. All right. I thought it would be 80. How many, how many Ravens fans do you see in Pittsburgh? Uh, not many, but I mean, he also said that, like, you know, this was before the season. He said the Raiders' home field, like the Ravens were going to take over that stadium. And no, Ra- no, no, Ra- no. I said it's possible. I, I, I said oh. some. St- I no. Be fair. Be fair. Oh, okay. I said I, I specifically said Chicago and Philadelphia will take over the stadium. I was not sure. I said that's the big question we need to answer. How these other teams when they come in, how many of them are going to be traveling to Vegas? Travel. That's right. Okay. I think the Raiders are going to have a pretty good home field advantage this like, season. Like Miami's not going to travel well this week. That's Th- that's the question, right? If, if there's a lot of tickets being bought from the casinos, yeah. they're going to give them to out of towners. When are you coming in? If you if you're a guy that owns three Seven Elevens in Baltimore, this is the game you come. You're a Ravens fan. This is the game you come to Vegas for. If you're going to see any Baltimore road game, right? Well, it's a Monday night game, so that's a negative. Yeah, if you own the, if you own it, but, but you want to go. You want to come out for the weekend of Vegas, not Monday night. But you you think they're going to fly out Sunday night? They're coming. They're coming Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and go back. Well, Tuesday. now you got to take off Monday and Tuesday from work. It's hard. All right, let's agree to this. It probably would lessen the effect, and thus we don't really know because the Ravens didn't travel very well. So now the first Sunday game will be interesting. Yes. Okay. So I guess my question is this: This is a pure power ratings play for me. I'm saying that it's. Po- Here's a concept they've been talking about on different shows, range of outcomes. And after the first game, you got to ask yourself, where on the range of outcomes was the result? I mean, the Saints was on the far end of as good as you could have hoped, right? And then you look at some other, other teams and think about where the range of outcomes is. I think the actual Rams outcome for this season, how good would they be on D? I think they could be as good as last year at best, at best. I don't think they're going to be better than last year on D, right? I agree. And I think they could be ninth or 10th. So I think between 1st and 10th in the league, right? Yes. I think that's fair. Okay. On offense, what were they last year is the starting point, all right? They were a below-average offense last year. Yeah. Now, you add Wentz. How many points do you think that is? Stafford. Oh, Stafford. How many points? Yeah, Wentz has an How many points? Two and a half. Okay. I think that's that's low. Now, Goff hasn't looked so bad, has he? Goff's actually okay. that looked better than expected, I think. Okay. Did he look better than expected? I, I actually have him. the ball all over the field in the fourth quarter? I, I actually have him. <laughs> still better. Uh, I, I have him actually three points um, now. Okay. right now. So, yes. Goff, I mean, just looking at EPA, and again, this EPA does not account for strength of schedule. Uh, they got Goff, wow, 31st, and they got uh, Stafford, fourth, fourth. Mahomes, Tyrod Taylor. Bridgewater, Stafford. Small sample. Yeah. Sam Darnold. 
I don't trust that. Dude, if you, honestly, if you look at the top 10 of QBR and the bottom 10 of QBR, it looks and, you, and you said which one is top, which one is bottom, chances are good you'd be wrong. Now that's mm. sample size. So I get here's my thing. Tampa Bay, did you see they signed Sherman, Richard Sherman? I did not see that. Richard Sherman. Now think about this a second. Probably one of the five guys on the planet that understands how to play, like, cornerback. How, how what's the downside with Sherman? Well, obviously, there were some domestic uh, issues. I don't know anything enough to comment. Really smart guy. You know? Oh, for sure. I went think Stanford. Stanford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. We, yeah. But, but. The rice of the West. Yeah. <laughs> to me, the <laughs> to me, the question is. How, who, what team gets a Sherman and feels great that he's not going to disrupt the locker room? It's the old Patriots mentality that you got. So, Brady has such a stern hand on this team. I, I don't think anyone has the balls to go in there. Antonio Brown's not acting up. <laughs> he's on the COVID list. Oh, he's, still, oh, oh, he's out he's for this game? He's not playing this week, yeah. I don't think. Ooh, Scotty Miller time. <laughs> the one thing the uh, is that, that true? Look that up, McKenzie. I don't like the, that. the one thing. Well, the one thing this team has is receivers, obviously. Yeah, but I like the fact they're so deep. Yeah, and AB has been the best of the bunch. And where, where are you getting this Richard Sherman? The, the I saw it on the ticker. They reached out to him yesterday. Was the report that I'm reading right now? Okay, so I saw on the ticker. It said maybe I saw signed and it wasn't signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get the, go to Google News to see what the latest is. So the 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 Bucks are reaching out to him. Why would that be a report? Well, we'll get that. Yes, and then uh, two hours ago, Arians confirmed to a reporter that they had reached out. But no signing. No okay. signing yet. The, but I didn't think Richard Sherman was going to perform here. It was the point of them being an almost like an all-star team. It's like a vigilante. Yeah. Like, we're going to bring in the the hard cases. It's like when they get the, all the guys that are the toughest guys together to fight some evil. Well, the Tampa Bay Bucks are fighting the evil of the rest of the NFL. Like the Expendables. Who... Amongst the best, yes. Amongst the best, I haven't seen it though. Amongst the best teams, who's underrated, Fez? Wouldn't you say Tampa Bay's right there? The, the fact they're not first. Well, I have them first, so I can't say they're underrated. But what I'm saying is not compared to you, but the market. Huh, they're laying one and a half to the Rams. I don't think you can make the case. They're what I'm saying is, let's look at the who. They're not the Super Bowl favorites. Ah, that's an excellent point. They're not the Super Bowl. Did that not flip that, after the, the Chiefs fact, lost? The Kansas City, so. they're comparable. The fact that Kansas City and Tampa Bay, I think, are both around five to one right now. Yeah. They're they're very similar in odds. That's a great point because if if you asked me who do I want right now, I clearly want Tampa Bay and not Kansas City. By the way, if they're even last long odds, it means that they think Kansas City is the better team. Yes, because, because they the have division, less of a chance to get the number one seed. The division's so hard. The division's yeah. hard. They have less of a chance to get the number one seed, which is meaningful with the loss. So to me. I think it's hard to say Tampa. Usually, Tampa. Remember, you had the Rams three years ago at plus, what was it, 225 or something? Four, four to one. But after they won like three games. Yeah. Is Tampa's proven so much, and what's their odds this year? Five to one, I believe. Is that correct, McKenzie, currently? Yes, that's correct. So they're underrated. Yes. Okay. Who's overrated amongst the good teams for what they've proven? We can speculate all we want. The Rams last year you had as a slightly above average team. Right? Yes. And now what have they done? They upgrade with Stafford and what else? And the defense has gotten worse. And and I have them my fourth best team I'm, and I'm in line with the marketplace. All right, so the Rams are overrated. It feels like to me Has Tampa's defense gotten worse? No. Because they've given up 27 points per game. 
Dallas, when they when Dallas played the Chargers, Dallas struggled on defense. They didn't struggle against Tampa. When Atlanta played Philly, they couldn't score. They scored plenty on Tampa. Why are we just saying, oh well, no big deal? Is that a motivation thing, like we talked about with the Chiefs? I think gonna- I think that's a good part of it. They remember they 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 beat Atlanta by twenty. They beat Atlanta by twenty three, and Dallas is really freaking good on offense. And they they know, beat Atlanta by twenty three, but they were up three in the yeah, fourth fair quarter. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, but, but I think you look back at the Dallas game, and Dallas, I think that offense is really clicking. You know, they moved the ball well against the Chargers. And I think that's an example, too, where we go in. It, it's easy to say everyone's max motivated week one, but Cleveland came out hard against Kansas City, and Dallas came out hard against Tampa. I think we're going to see Tampa and Kansas City get everybody's best effort every week. I, yes, I mean, they're I agree the two with, best teams. That's, that, I agree that's how that. it's going to work. For me, I think the Rams' outcomes could be what the market thinks they are meaning their truth, but I think that that is to the right of the center line. That in general, the average outcome for the Rams is not as good as the market thinks right now. And I think we all agree because let's think about this one more time. If we think the outcome is between 1 and 10 for defense, now what do we think it is for offense? Now, what I'm going to do, and and by the way, does the PFF, they have an offense and defensive grade on that, um, the actual power ranking that has the decimal points? Uh, does not. Okay, so who? There's one other place it does. Yeah, it's got percent. It's got the percentages to make playoffs, win Super Bowls, things like that. Where else? Um, and by the way, it's the. It also has the Bucks with the best chance to win the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, which again, I still don't understand the market where that's at. Kind of by a lot. They're 19 percent. The next closest, Kansas City and Buffalo, both 10 percent. You wow. know that Rams offense took a little another nick. Um, I believe that the running back Henderson's banged up now. So Sony Michelle. Who isn't very good? I don't think got ten, had to get ten carries in their last game. That's not a positive. If but who's going to run against the Bucks anyway? You don't go into the Bucks game thinking our running back's going to carry us this game. Yeah, if you do that, I'm just you're saying just long, dumb. long, long term though. Oh, okay. if, if Henderson's banged up for the year without Acres, all yeah. of a sudden this was a position of strength that's now a position of weakness. What do we know about the Rams? When did they fold and stop being a Super Bowl contender when they didn't have an effective run game to set up play action? The Rams and the Athletics distributed power rankings, which are the most accurate of any public power rankings. Here's the numbers, and it's going to seem surprising in some spots. Tampa, Chiefs, Saints, Saints surprise. Ravens, Cardinals, Cardinals seem high. Raiders, Bills, Seahawks, Packers, Browns, Rams. How are the Rams so low? This is based on how the teams actually do, not theory not how good Stafford might seem because you know what it's like no one learned the lessons of Billy uh, of Moneyball what was the main lesson of Moneyball it's not about your theories or who looks good or how hot the girlfriend is it's about what they do on the field oh it's got a sweet swing though that's that that that, that sound, incline sound angle off the bat yes good, good looking girlfriend gives him confidence no like confidence it. if you don't I mean <laughs> I listen some of that pseudoscience I'm pretty I like I'm not saying but Maybe ultimately what we're learning here, and we were talking before the pod and we were looking at these numbers, you're like, well, what about the missed call? What about the it's like there's no way to objectively, to quantifiably assess those things. Why not just let the performance dictate? Mm-hmm. And to me, I look at the Rams and their performance, and I am surprised that PF or that uh DVOA has them high. I think that they their offense is an open book. What, let's look at their offense. What was their football outsiders off DVOA last year on offense? Mackenzie, grab that. And, and you're going to say what? 
three-point upgrade for Goff? Yes. And the line got older. You know, Whitworth is older. The line got worse. Any other adjustments on offense? Half point not down? I really like that their wide receivers, Cup and Woods, are are both healthy. And Cup looks as good as he's ever looked. Okay, but obviously the running back situation with losing their main guy for the year. I think they're weaker tight end also. So what do you want to do? Net, net, other than quarterback, what do you do for the Rams from last year? Down a point. Right. Line. So you're saying three points up for Stafford, down a point, and that's plus two. Yep. And now the question is, defense is what? Net, net? Might be minus three. That defense was was as good as any team in the league last year, right? Maybe that's too high. Yeah, well, what two. players did they lose that are, are... I don't care. Defense, they did like, like, like... So through these two games... I don't like what I've seen. The theory is the coach. Remember, this defense wasn't all that. We were talking about the end of the Rams two seasons ago. Remember, they traded for Ramsey. Mm -hmm. They lost after a bye. And we said, well, that's it for them. Remember that? Yes. But now they're one of the contenders. How's this happen? Now, remember, pro football focus talks about uh, repeatability. Yeah. And they say, and they say, How predictive one year is to the next. Predictive is the right word. And what they say is if you've got a really good offense, even if Josh Allen has struggled in the first two games, it's pretty predictive the next year you're going to have a good offense. The defense is not nearly as predictive. You're going to have a dominant defense. They can turn average. It can happen well, with the same the personnel. What was the defense a year before? It wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got the uh, offense from last year. Look at the Rams in 19, their defense. And special teams is all over the board. You could have the, the best oh, special teams well, and then go the Patriots bad. and the Ravens. Ravens. Repeat. Yes. Uh, and then maybe a few other teams. Because the Patriots and, don't, like, catch punts on their own three. I, I, ju- I guess I just don't. I'm having a hard time with the Rams bring back basically the same guys on defense. They're downgraded despite having decent performances this year. The Bucks bring back the same guys on defense. And they brought back their D.C. They're the same, even though they've had two bad data points defensively. Now, listen, I, I think of your arguments. So you're down on the Bucks. Where do you got them ranked? I, I mean, I, I still have them ranked number one. I, I still think they're the best team. I just think this, this is the same Rams defense that went to Tampa last year and made Brady play his worst game of the season. Oh, well, listen, last year, and, and you weren't here, but I think I, I, in fact, I know I was one of the first national guys discussing how good the Rams D was. There was a big video. I said, you look at these numbers, DVOA for the Rams in 2019, their defense was ninth, right? They, they were first. I think they might be closer to ninth this year. And you know what? They had pretty much the same players. Yeah, I'll team. say this. If we, if well, they, well, hold on. Yes. We yes. Agree with that? Well, uh, when did they add Ramsey in the 19 off season, right? No, it was during the season. Yeah, like week three. Okay. It might have been a little later, but yeah, okay. Okay, I, I I will say this: if if the Rams split the difference defensively, I disagree. I think Matt Stafford's way more than a three point upgrade over Jared Goff. How much Goff. could he? How much could he be? Like a a really good quarterback with an average backup is seven. How many points could? I mean, Goff is Goff is certainly in the low twenties as a quarterback, right? I've, I've got it as a five point differential with John Wolford right now. And so now maybe you can make the case that Gofford at the end of the year, but he had the broken thumb or whatever, wasn't, you know, I mean, he was better than Wolford. I mean, but, but they went into Tampa last year with Goff at quarterback, and it, I've got some numbers on that game. Brady, and he, in the times last year where his uh, attempt yards per attempt were sub-seven, it was six times last year. The Bucks were three and three straight up. 
He was 4.5 yards per attempt last season against the Rams. 26 wow. of 48, two interceptions. They, they, they pressured him all day. I, I think the Rams defensively have – the, because they're disruptive up front, I think they can give Brady problems. That's the only that's the only teams that give Brady problems. If you if you can get in the backfield and disrupt things, you can give Brady problems. That's why the Chiefs couldn't give any problems in the Super Bowl. I think the Rams defense can do that. Oh, okay. Oh, I was just looking. I knew it was in the second half of the year, early in the second half, and it really seemed like when the Bucks got that bye. What were they seven and five? It, it, so the the Bucks, it was the Rams beat them, the Chiefs beat them, right, and then they didn't lose again. And so, they got that late bye at the end of the year, which yep. really ki- Ramsey, kicked him. Uh, week six, he joined the team in 19. So my point is this. I think that the range for the Tampa Bay Bucks is fairly tight. I think they're between the first and the third best team. I think my range for the Rams is maybe fourth is their high. And I think they could be ninth. That's probably fair. And if we assume that Tampa's second, middle of their range... And if we go fourth through ninth and say, what, six and a half or seven? What's seven versus one? Or, I'm sorry, seven versus two. I think it's close to a pick With home field, you mean? Yes, with with home field. Seven versus two. So what's your seven versus two right now? Two would be a five and a half, and seven would be a three. So two and a half on a neutral, two for home field, or we're at pick Okay. So maybe this line... Maybe this isn't a super value play. I personally think that this feels like the Rams come up and, 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 and to some degree, some of this is like the way the world moves to me. And I know that sounds mystical, but it's like when a team's a little overrated, but maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because they, them, the players know they're overrated if, if it's true. And maybe they find a way to make that the truth on the field subconsciously i don't know because i'm i'm starting to sound like people with horoscopes right now i feel like you've got a bunch of crystals lined up in front of you right now but 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 seriously though doesn't the world i don't know if it's a chicken and the egg though doesn't the world tend to move in ways you know we say they're shakespearean and the way but it's like almost like we have those trend lines in our minds and as as units I don't know, if I was smoking weed right now, this would make a lot of sense, though I'm not a weed smoker. <laughs> you know something? I Let's just say this. I'm open to batting against Okay, me. I'll... Oh, this is the first time you bet against me. So if I am right about the universe... Yes. You're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Faz, what's your word? If you, you are mystical and Where did you lean in this game? You know... I make this game so close to pick 'em, and this is kind of pull back the curtain pro style. Whenever I get a game of pick 'em, a lot of times, who cares if I'm getting one or one and a half? Not going to land on one. I love the flexibility to tease either team. If you let me tease a one and a half up to a seven and a half, I'd love to get the Bucks plus seven and a half, and I'd like to get the Rams plus seven and a half as well. So I'll kind of let the odds makers and then the betters move this line off that pick 'em in one direction or another, and as soon as it goes to a, a one half or a two, like it's going right now to the Bucks, I would tease the Rams. All right, last thing. Let's look at the summer line and just see the evolution of this. So Tampa Bay was a one-point underdog in the summer. They became a two-point underdog as a look-ahead, and now they're one-point. So they were a one-point dog on Monday, and it got bet up to a one-point favor. That got steamed between Monday and Tuesday, Fez. Yes, so, usually when you're on the side of the Sharps, you talk about it. 
In this case, you're ignoring the steam? I'm not ignoring it. You didn't mention res- it the whole time. I respect. You know, I got to be honest. I feel like th- th- this week, I am. Um, I was. I was doing all my work and working so hard last week, and I just not like, following the market as closely. I, pa- I passed. I passed out after the Sunday night game, and then I like. I woke up. Yvette took Johnny to school, and it was noon on Monday, and I felt like I. I completely missed the evolution of the you know, first, you know, five hours of the line moves that I normally am on top of. So I apologize for that. No, 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 no. Uh, You know, to be honest with you, I'm a little, I probably made a mistake here and that I knew I was going to like the Tampa box. I didn't think so much. I kind of did the fez here. I think the case could be made at plus one. I love this game. A minus one, maybe a lot of the value's gone. Um, It's not a preseason game. You feel the same way about this that you made me feel about the Chargers game. Well, (laughs) <laughs> oh, come on, it's one. It's not. I mean, it's not a preseason game. It's not that important. Well, but what I'm saying is, is let's think about what the way to think about ones, and you've talked about this, is what's the money line? It, yeah, that's a good way. You could have gotten minus 102, mm-hmm. and now you got well, late. Well, a plus, a plus, plus I mean, one. This was plus two. I mean, let's look at this again. All right, so you should. This could, was plus two from the look ahead, and the world open was two. So, so you could have gotten 105, week, plus 105. Yeah. And now you got to lay minus one eighteen. So that's pretty. That's pretty significant. That's yeah. twenty three cents. All right. That's what I'm saying. All right, you're right. How much? How much value do you think there is? How many baseball games would? Yeah, that's a good point. If you came up and I, if I, RJ said I want to lay minus one twenty, minus one eighteen, you're like, so could have had plus one hundred three. Here's what I think we should do, because this is a collective IQ pod. We should allow now when the thing about the green button bets on the best bets, they're five hundred dollar bets. Did you know that? I did not know that. Mm. Now here's what I'm gonna say. I would like to propose that we allow people to come off a best bet, but if someone bet them, that person's locked for the five. Now, if they want to say, hey, you want to go for three, that's fine. They can make that choice because three is the normal one. But I don't think we should – why should we have best bets out there that that we've been talked away from? So, Fez, your best bet got the green button pushed on it. It was the Giants, correct? No, No, Falcons. I'm sorry, the other side of the Giants. Would you like to keep that best bet? It doesn't change the batting at all. No, I I, I like the Falcons. Okay. You got the So I bu- can change my weight of yeah, this game? Yeah. I'd like to change the weight of the Chargers game, certainly. Okay, so let's make it where it's an auto where the four jumps up. Okay. Right? Because that way we don't have to debate. Because if you had it for four for a reason. Yeah. All right. So we'll do that next. I'm going to do the same. So this will be officially now my four way buccaneers four yeah now let me ask you this aj it's your choice you want 300 or 500 on this game meaning we've got a be- I, I want whatever we have on the chargers game on this game that would be 300 okay all right so 300 here 300 there oh no no wait the chargers is the 500 one they okay were both best bets. so all right so you're saying i so you what you're telling me is if i if i take 200 off the one you i bet you you're yeah i just want it to be equal that seems fair. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm going to keep him at five. Okay. <laughs> now, I, I think I got more. I think I'm, I'm, I'm still, I still think I'm like minus 104 or something on you this. You got the big, better on Yeah, that. and I know I got the best of it on that Chargers Because game. the only thing you're worried about here is yeah, that they, I just that think they tie. I sucked up some value is all. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we're going with your new number five. You know, you do realize I can bet you 500 on this. Okay. Oh, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? What do you got? What is your new best bet? The Arizona Cardinals minus seven on the road at Jacksonville. And I I 
was confused by this line all week. Are you playing hip to be square? I knew Huey was coming. Well, well you know, <laughs> if I think it's appropriate, I play. Okay, we'll play. I should just keep it. I you, just, yeah, you need to keep it on your favorites list now that I'm here full go, time. Go ahead and handicap. Okay. Uh, I think the Cardinals are. Is it wrong that I like that song? You know, it puts me in a good mood. <laughs> it, it woos you. Man, uh, I think that the Cardinals are very likely to expose the flaws in this Jacksonville D. They've been they've been roasted by Teddy Bridgewater and Tyrod Taylor. I don't think anybody thought the Texans and the Broncos were going to be even above average. I, and you know what? Maybe they're not even above average offenses by the time the season's over. The Cardinals certainly are. Murray's fifth in QBR right now, 71.6. We, we talked earlier about the the – PFF grades on the offense, and I mentioned the Cardinals are seventh. They're the only team in the league that grades top ten in passing, pass blocking, running, and receiving. And the poor Jags, 30th ranked defense per PFF. Lawrence has been even worse than I thought he was going to be. Maybe even worse than RJ thought he was going to be, if that's yeah, possible. possible. Was he over under your expectations so far? He's under. He's under. Uh, through two weeks, he has the sixth worst CPOE com- completion percent versus expectation in the last 15 years. Here are the guys that are above him Blaine Gabbert, Jamarcus Russell, Josh Rosen, Tyler Thigpen, Matt Moore. Matt Moore wasn't bad. Matt Moore's rookie year. I've never seen Jamarcus Russell be higher than anyone. No, he, it, he was at, a, at, he's at minus 15%. Uh, and those numbers are courtesy of Anthony Reinhardt, by the way. All right, so let's think about that a second. What is this expectation? It's like they look at the play and say, how often should the receive or should this be completed? And he's 15% lower yes. than what he's supposed to be. So he's thrown the ball in a, uh, let's say, erratic way. And this is a stat that's been thrown around a lot this week. He leads the NFL in uncatchable pass rate. This number just blows my mind. 36% of the passes he's thrown have been deemed uncatchable. Like, and we think, think about a good quarterback. Now, to be fair, is that just for the offense or for anybody on the field? Because uh, most true, of his balls have. Some of them have been caught by the other team. But think about this. That means the, the highest completion rate he could dream of having is 66 64. And he's already thrown. 30, was it 36? 36 is the number. Oh, yeah. And he's already thrown five interceptions. So it's not like he's just zinging it out of bounds. And. It, and but I you, think I, I think. Tell me if you agree. I think there's a bigger problem here. It's when you have an underdog. You got to think when they're down 14, they're going to keep fighting. I think they're going to start pointing fingers at each other. They're going to. Urban Meyer does not inspire comeback. Now no. that's. I think that that is really a sage point because, oftentimes when you get a brand new coach, and I think you've been the champion of this. That if you got a coach on the hot seat and starts 0 and 2, wow, things can really go south. But brand new coaches, they go ahead and they get a little. Um, Grace period. Longer leash. Yeah, exactly. This is the first year. I can put my systems in place. It doesn't feel that way in Urban Meyer. Heck, they're already talking about him, you know, coaching in college again, uh, which he vehemently denied. But he looks pained on the sidelines and all this talk about not getting along with the coaches. I will say this. You're going against a trend here that if you blindly bet, and maybe with good reason, if you blindly did nothing else but bet on teams 0-2, that start 0-2 straight up in the NFL, Mackenzie ran these numbers for me, back to 2003, I believe. All right, so I'm sorry, 0-2 versus what? 0-2 versus a team that has a win. 0-2 straight up. All right, what's the record? 56% against the spread. I can can trump that. 
Okay. If you blindly bet against Urban Meyer as an NFL coach, <laughs> 100% against the spread. 100%. All right. Now, now, the market is curious in this. Who the hell is betting on Jacksonville? Because it's leaking from 7.5 down to 7, which I could not believe. Well, let's look at our, we do a daily line grade. Or, or what we think the market is at the time. Now, remember, in the summer, this line was two and a half. The look-ahead line was six and a half. The look-ahead close was six and a half. So you could have bet this all last week at six and a half. It opened at seven, stayed seven till Monday afternoon, went to seven and a half. We've got it at seven and a half Tuesday and Wednesday. The contest at the Super Contest has it seven. If you look at the market right now, Pinnacle seven and a half plus oh three. So that's eight cents towards the uh, seven. So that's all, you know, that's like 7.1, right? Uh, bet online, seven and a half flat, well, minus 106. So that's four cents. Call it seven and a quarter, right? Yeah, I, I think that's about right. So you're getting value at seven. I, I like this pick. I'm not going to play it because I don't want to. I'm afraid of a team that just emerges. Like how much Arizona is what in the power rankings? From where they were earlier this year. Like, start the season till now. Arizona's 12th in my power ratings, and they're right in the middle. Their season went 8.5, so they were right at 17th this to is, start the year. And but, I, but how many points did you upgrade them? Uh, upgraded them uh, two, points, two points. How much have you downgraded Jacksonville? Because to me, that's what this play is more about. And I'm scared of that, too. Because usually the first two games, I agree in both cases. I think as long as Kyler Murray's healthy and can run – they're good. Go ahead. Three and a half point downgrade. So we're saying this line, by your assessment, is five and a half points different than it than was two games ago. Three yes. Three and a half and two. Yes. All right. Well, the summer line was two and a half. You add five and a half, you get seven, right? No, you get eight. Or, uh, you get eight. eight so. so it's almost seven. And a half. So okay. The point I'm making, and that's going through three and seven. The point I'm making is it feels like there's good reason to adjust, but not as much as this. It feels like it's adjusting too much. Here's and another. the spot's good for the 0-2 team. Yeah, So, I, but here's the thing. I like the pick because it's seven in the contest. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half, I'd press the button. So, also, one more thing to, to get on this. The Jags went against the 19th and 27th graded pass rush units in, the, in those first two games where Lawrence was so bad. Arizona's currently graded second-best pass rush team mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, and the Jags are still the only team in the league that hasn't forced a turnover this season. I would make that. Yeah, see that to me is that's a lot of. If anything, that's something to recommend. That I'm a big believer that turnover margin has so much luck in it. That in general, if, if all I did was in week eight say I want to auto bet the two worst or three worst turnover teams and auto fade the three best, I think you win in the long run there pretty significantly. Wouldn't you say, Fed? Yeah, it's 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 as contrarian as it gets. That if you look at the turnover tables and take the unlucky team and playing against the lucky team then you you would make money. Although I think in this case... I just gave you some numbers that say Trevor Lawrence throwing Trev, five Trev, interceptions in this case, isn't lucky. I'll put an over-under in Trevor Lawrence. How many interceptions will we throw the rest of the year? I mean, I think we got to... Well, from the bench, it's hard to throw. Well, they got rid of Minshew. Yeah, they got no choices now. Um, let me be clear on this game. I think this has all the makings of a bad pick in that I think Arizona is one of the most upgraded teams. Would you agree with that, Faz? Yes. And Jacksonville is one of the most downgraded. No question. And by the way, we gave Jacksonville in week two. Under six and a half wins. Yeah. And under six and a half wins, right? Yeah, before, did, before the season started. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. We gave it out. Now, here's why I like the pick, though. 
I think this is a rare case where the narratives are right. Jacksonville is a team that the momentum of the losing is going to continue on itself. It's self-fulfilling or self-generating. I don't know. The like Car- snowballing. Yes, that's a good one. The Cardinals are the opposite. Kingsbury's job's on the line. I mean, they say if he doesn't make the playoffs, he might be out. I don't know. But if you, Kyler Murray, this is like the year he is going to step up to be MVP is the theory. So I think they are – Fez likes to get in front of certain freight trains that I don't. I don't like a team that hasn't had success. Or I, like, I don't like to get in front of a team that's having the first – there's nothing like the first success, right? When I did Sports Center for the first time and whatever other experiences I've had, when I had, you know, first week of national radio – our own show it was like that had a tingle that had a feeling unlike anything else and i would make the case that jack or that arizona's feeling that right now and that's a positive for them jacksonville's the opposite thus i think the value says one thing i think the hand the situational one says the other at seven i bet arizona at seven and a half at no vig i would bet the dog and arizona good spot in the sense of they almost lost to the vikings they got lucky to win at the very end with the missed field goal, but that almost in, that that injects in you, you know, excitement. You're undefeated, but also a little warning. We got to get better. We got to clean things up. But it also the market has a little premium cause of that. Yeah, I also think you're looking at. You mentioned the the first time success for a guy like Kingsbury, and it is. It's the first time ever Urban Meyer has been a failure. It's the first time ever Trevor that's Lawrence has been a failure. I mean that stuff. And I don't think they're built for it. They haven't proven it yet. I mean, I tell you this: Urban Meyer's, uh, Urban Meyer's bowels are not. You can see that on his face. They missed a couple field goals, and he like put his hand on his knees and just shaking his head, like disgusted. Like I can't believe I'm and here. And you gotta wonder: isn't this like if you had a chipper guy? Like, hey, it's a long term. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence would respond a lot more than looking over and seeing his coach oh, giving him cues of how bad this. If he is. had, if Trevor Lawrence had Mike Tomlin clapping yeah. and like, let's go, we're good, we're gonna be back in, he'd be a lot better. Any closing thoughts? I think we covered. I love the differentiation you made between the seven and the seven and a half. Last thing I'll say is, if you like Arizona, I would not even consider the money line. I think this is one. If you like Jacksonville, look at the money line. I don't see Jacksonville backdooring. But I could see somehow, some way, they win the game. If they get the lead, they build upon it. So I think this is a real momentum in both directions. If somehow the game reverses it, that's bad. So I would like Arizona in like an alternative line. I'd much rather them. So what would be a number if we were laying 14 and a half? Like at what point? Yeah, you, you get short paid. Minus 14 and a half, probably plus 210. If there was, you know, in general, that do you agree with the theory here that this is a momentum game, that, that if Jacksonville gets down, they might just stay down? That's interesting. You know, no, I, I don't think I do, because just because that whole 0-2 trend, these teams, when they get to 0-2, they're like, the season's slipping away. It's, I mean, do, do we really? You know what would be interesting is look at the teams, and this is where databases don't have it, that were considered to be a bottom five team in the league. How do they react to 0-2? Yeah, maybe that's. I mean, it's kind of, it's Tuesday. We knew we, knew we were going to suck anyways, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. I don't know. All right. So official best bet now. No green button against them on this one. AJ on the Arizona Cardinals. Fetch. All right. So number four pick for me. So this is you keeping your best bet. Stubborn. That's right. Well, I nowhere to go because well, you're going to disagree I mean, with this my. This is what I was saying. It's going to make a sexy scar. <laughs> well, this one's going to make a scar too because this is by four weight, and I know there's that crossfire. There may be crossfire coming. I'm on the Green Bay Packers. 
What? Plus three and a half. This wait, is the greatest. Let ever. me do my you guys handicap have, hey, and wait, then wait, you can wait, talk. Wait, wait, wait. You realize this? This is the, my new best bet. <laughs> what you want to go first? <laughs> no. This is the no, best. You go first. Homecoming does not <laughs> work for the San Francisco 49ers. Over the past two years, 2019 through 2020, they have stayed east with great success, kicked butt in three games. Team spends a week, bonds together, and they perform on the field. What happens when they come home after having been gone for 10 days? Ugliness happens, RJ. So the team is 0-3 in that situation against the spread. Their margin in those games is minus 11 points. They lost to an Atlanta team as a 10-point favorite, straight up by seven points. They barely. Do me a favor. Don't elongate your vows and stuff. Straight up. I, just give us the fact. <laughs> the margin's 11 points on average per game. This team comes home. They've been away from home for 10 pay, days. Are you going to talk about having to pay the bills now? They got to reacquaint with the wife, the family, the mistress, the, the pets, get a buy a new townhouse. Whatever the reason, when the team comes home, it's been a horrific right, spot. That, that, is my, that is my so wait, handicap. What were, the, what were the three games? The games were against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. The lost. By seven, their ten-point favorite. Heard that part. Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. uh, they're laying seven. They won by four. Okay. Oh, okay. And they're a six-point favorite, I think, at uh, at home against the Eagles, uh-huh. and they lost that game by five. Okay, so I remember that Eagles game. That that would have been last year, the Eagles game. I believe so. Yes. Okay. So my point would be this. It seems now the Pittsburgh. Listen, if you win the game and you don't cover by three points, let's just call that what it is. It's like okay, they were at a. In fact, is that correct? Is that when they were, oh, oh, dude, you know what that game was? That was Rudolph's first game. Remember? Yeah. Yes. And you remember how, how many turnovers there were and how lucky we were to catch our Pittsburgh ticket there? We were very lucky in that game. Did, did, you, did you know that till I just said No, it? I remembered it. So you I didn't mention it. how atrocious that, that, that the 49ers should have won by 49ers should have won that game by i thought i'll go 13. okay them, yeah <laughs> but he they won by four it. that's okay, excellent it. but it didn't make my point well dude the truth doesn't have signs they lost two 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 games as big favorites straight up in the other two games which brings up another point which is if, it was, if you're gonna let down you're gonna let down against a team you think you can let down against do you think emotionally they're gonna let down against the packers possibly yeah. On now is this game on Sunday Night Football? No, that's a good point. So on Sunday Night Football against Aaron Rodgers is the time for us to take it easy. Well, they've had a lot of success against the Packers. 2019, well, they pounded the Packers twice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So when haven't they pounded the Packers? Last year they actually year. lost, but that was they were six and ten. Oh, the, the 49ers. Year, who? Oh, oh, oh. Now McKenzie who is uh, a paid representative of the 49ers, Cousin Kyle, says, hey, he mentioned, he put Cousin Kyle mentioned in the post-game press <laughs> conference that they, ha- they have to not ease up like they have in the past after their road trips. So they're cognizant of this. Not only they're cognizant, but is that not already a sign no. that this isn't well, this let-up is an issue? The, but the question is, what is it about the road trip, if you're right, that could make it where they fail, it would be what? Tired of being focused? The theory is they're so focused during this mini camp that they need a relief. Yes, similar to a baseball team or NBA team, one of the wise guy handicapping things. Yeah, no, this is valid. They come back. I'm saying I disagree 
with that that's about doing daily sports and they show back up and they got a lot of crap to do and they got a game that night they've been back for a week so it's not the same it's not exactly the same go ahead but the concept is the same that so. you put your life on hold for 10 days and now you've had success it's just any coach that has a heart i don't know if cousin kyle at that has one says heart. guys take Everyone take 24 hours off. Do what you need to do when you get home, and it disrupts I the week. I think you're going in the fantasy world here. No, the, I mean, what data? What, what doesn't data? It, doesn't the three games, team? and one of them is deceiving, and one was as a 10-point favorite? That lends itself to this. So the margin was 33 points. Like you said, maybe it should be, have been 24 points in those well, three games. But, but it was one game whose margin was askew, right? The other two games were like, listen, we can disagree on this. The idea that that's your stat and we're going to ignore how good the 49ers, when they have their working offense, is against this Green Bay team. Like, where does that come up? Well, is the offense going to be working with all the running back injuries? Well, and then yeah. you didn't bring that up. So, I mean, that's an interesting question. Let's do this. The Hitman has the best bet on this game, hmm. but it's on the total. He's got the over. Let's listen. Best bet. Packers, Niners, over 49, like it up to 50. Kyle Shanahan's went up against the Packers' defense six times over the past five seasons. His offense has generated 33, 44, 30, 37, 37, and 17 points. That 17-point game was the outlier, and that's because Nick Mullins was quarterbacking it, and the Niners were decimated with Corona opt-outs on offense that game. Yes, this is a different defensive coordinator and Joe Barry for Green Bay, but through two weeks, it's been a worse defense in years past. The Shanahan scheme should specifically put a ton of pressure on the Packers, arguably league-worst linebackers, and through two games, Green Bay's pass rush, minus Darius Smith, ranks dead last in pressure percentage. It's my opinion that the only thing that could hurt us in this game is the Niners getting pressure on Rodgers. However, the Niners' pressure stats have been surprisingly only average throughout two weeks, and they have cluster injuries at linebacker and defensive back. Aaron Rodgers was the league's best quarterback last year when kept clean. And if he can be kept clean in this one, he'll have a field day against that secondary. Best bet, Packers, Niners, over 49, like it up to 50. I really like this because there's a trend actually that supports this as well. If you have a home team, and by the way, let me back up real quick. Week three is an over week. On average, going back seven years, overs have hit 57%. A big part of that is that weeks one and two tend to be lower scoring, and the marketplace overreacts. They lower totals just when the offense starts to click a little bit because they've gotten more reps from games. But the subset of the overs that's been really strong – a 2-0 team at home has gone over to the tune of 35-16 and 16 over the past, uh, I think this is 10 years. And you it makes a lot of different start dates on these. I, I, all right, fair enough. But the, it, makes, it makes sense. A team that's 2-0 at home, feeling good about themselves, playing fast and loose, teams see, performing well. I would like to look well. at that and see how it is when it's a competitive line. Hmm. Because to me, this is all predicated on them being, like you said, fat and happy. Just like the return trip, being fat and happy. This is a team, I, I got to be honest, the 49ers feel like they're on a mission. Let's see what McKenzie thinks of this. McKenzie, who in the world would you possibly like in this game? I like, and I will bet, Fez told me don't bet early in the week on a three and a half, laying the points, but I like the 49ers. And why is that? Whoa, 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 what, what are you doing? You can't green button him. He doesn't, you get, well, first off, you green button me for 500. <laughs> he wants so, more. let's do it together. <laughs> All right. We got two nickel bets. I think that's the first time in this 
paradigm that that's happened. Why do you like him, McKenzie? Running game. The Packers have a terrible run defense, maybe the worst linebackers in the Don't league. Don't start talking football when you can talk about mistresses and mail. Oh, look how, <laughs> look how powered up the mail is. And, and they, they lost their best linebacker, Zaire Smith. I mean, it didn't matter against the Lions. I think it's going to matter against the 49ers that have historically run it up on them. And their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, was brought in to replace Mike Pettin to fix this problem. AJ mentioned it on Straight Out of Vegas. They've been doubled up in the running game in their first two games, the Packers have. Not what you want to see. I think the 49ers have a matchup edge. What do you use your power ratings say? Power ratings are inconclusive on this. <laughs> uh, it's not. They, they, they of course they are. One second. Did the power ratings account for the mail? Uh, I've San Fran one point better in my power ratings because because of the injuries to Greenlaw linebacker and the secondary injuries. I lowered. I lowered. Oh, you just you're betting who? I'm betting Fez. Oh right. I, low, I lowered San Francisco. Yeah. Despite them playing well, because wait, 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 of the injuries. What? What? You lowered San Francisco half a point of the win over the Eagles, not because of the win over the Eagles. They, they, wait, it was, let's see. Let's get this straight. Let's get this straight. Is the Eagles who you loved in the game? I like the Eagles. You had the Eagles at the top. I think they three were number, and a half. They were number one on your list. It was plus three and a half. Exactly, at three and a half. You loved it, right? Yeah, yes. And they weren't even in the game. They, they were in the game, the game for a half. They won the stats. They they yeah. weren't in the game. They got down fourteen late. Okay. Right. So well, let's listen. We they were down fourteen late. You don't have to look up the. Well, no, 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 no. They they weren't going to win the game. Uh, okay, that means they weren't in it then. They weren't in it. Okay, and somehow they get downgraded. Now, who, who did they lose exactly? San Fran lost. Well, the linebacker Greenlaw has been injured. Who? who? Greenlaw. Was Greenwell there before? No. No. What? He was already so, injured. So how can he be downgraded? And now, and now, how can he be downgraded? Bad example. That? It's a secondary. They have, in, they have cluster injuries in the secondary. I don't have the guys Are D. Ford and Nick Bosa going to be playing? Yes. Okay. Then I like the 49ers. Green Bay's offensive line is a mess still, and they were a mess against Detroit. Aaron Rodgers has played one good half of football. Yeah, out this of four. is what I know. This is the perfect storm of Aaron Rodgers being distracted in the offseason. He's still gibbering and jabbering. Yeah. Like there's no end in sight. And I'm tired of the trolls. Y- yeah, yeah. No, dude, you sucked. You got beat, thir- what, 31 to nothing? That's not trolling. You just got the shit beat out of you. And, and then that against maybe the worst team or one of the worst teams in football, Detroit, they were down at halftime on Monday Night Football. How much have you downgraded Green Bay since the start of the season? One second. Uh, one and a half points. Uh, all right, all right, all right. When, when both those defensive ends start for the Niners, D. Ford and Nick, Nick Bose, I know it's rare. They're 14 and 3, 82%. You know, he, he green buttons you. Now, just that. to be clear, it's a $300 bet because that's not a best bet from him. Right. Now, me and him have a $500 yes. bet. This is unprecedented. Uh, I, I haven't beat Fez in a bet. And, and RJ's been beating me up, only talking about my side of things. So I will say that. I am concerned about this whole West Coast late start time. Historically, historic, and I don't know. If, rhythms, I, I don't baby. know if we have the circadian rhythms up to date, but I know that the Sunday night and the Thursday night and the Monday night games that are 5 p.m. or later start times have favored the West Coast team against a team from the East Coast. I guess this is a Central team, but same concept would apply that the West Coast team has done very well against the spread. Oh yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Mackenzie, what's your thoughts on the running backs? Elijah Mitchell, and this was misreported by almost everybody. Damn, he's he, correcting the media. 
He re-entered the game. People are like, they lost their three running backs. He played the end of the game. He is listed as questionable, but he's our best back, and I'm happy that I, I think he's going to play. Is he the only back available on Sunday? No, that's not true. We, we had to sign two two running backs for backup. That's a very good point. Your best, he's he's your best back. So Mostert wasn't your best back. Well, yeah, I mean, like RJ just said about Greenlaw, you say that was assessed last you week. Your? That's his team. Well, he's saying we. So I mean, yeah, Mostert's their best back. Listen, I have a vision for how this is going to go for Faz. <laughs> Mercedes parts ain't cheap. Uh-oh, he doesn't know. <laughs> That'd be funny if he went in. He's like, my car crashed. What kind of car you got? Mercedes. Actually, uh, he calls about BMW. <laughs> I don't Actually, know which one. Was, I'm not sure. <laughs> I was driving home. I had to. I had to evade a deer. The gray I, one. I slammed into a telephone pole, just like that Minnesota guy. Is, was it really? He, that that was the story. Uh, was it the black one or the silver one? It was the black one. I don't know which one. I don't know. That's the brand. that's my, Heads, my you, you won you won a hundred on this from Fez. Yeah, I would. All right, so I'll take four, you take one. Beautiful. Awesome. All right, my best bet coming. Well, that was That it. was your best bet. Yeah. I didn't really get right, – so just to finish the analysis, to me it's all about matchups. Is 49ers have a history when they're, you know, healthy. And I'm talking about they're going to have disastrous health. They dominate a Green Bay team who is at their weakest point they've been in at least the last – they've been 26 and 6. What have you this year? They're they're at their weakest point. I agree. The O line is uh, uh, objectively empirically worse, at least in, as long as their left tackle's out. The and they deep, can't stop a run. The New Orleans loss looks a hell of a lot worse after what New Orleans just did in Carolina. Yes. And one last point: the Shanahan offense is very specific. You can see two teams, and if the offenses or defenses aren't very unique. Yeah, random ball bounce certain ways. One team might win by a lot, lose by. But against the Shanahan teams, if you do really well or really poorly against them, it means something because it is a unique offense. Eh, I don't see anything about Green Bay this year. It makes me think they're any more ready for that. I don't like the three and a half, but it feels just, and I like it Sunday night football because any concerns about the mail distracts them. I don't think it's valid. I'd rather play first half because of the circadian rhythms and the like. So you'd rather pay first half on the Green Bay Packers? Yes, plus three. What's your net margin the first half this year? Well, they lost to Detroit, and the net margin sucked, period, against New Orleans, both halves. So three-star time. Oh, I was gonna, I've got one more note on that. Okay. I, I think that the, the Eagles, you saw, they kind of slept, walked in the first half. I think the Lions, you, let them, you saw the Niners let them creep back in. I think the Packers are a good enough team, and Shanahan and Lafleur have a good enough rivalry going that they're not going to they're, they're not going to lay off the gas at any point. If in that you game. think about it, haven't the 49ers maybe been the most impressive team in football? Meaning, if you take away that Detroit backdoor and just say, you know, assume when the game's out of reach, it's out of reach, because who knows what that means? It means nothing. And then they took a Philly team that looked great in Week One. And literally, had, they said, you're not going to have any chance to win. We're not going to give you any chance to win. It's been impressive, but they got outstatted in the Philly game. I, I mean, mean, it's not as impressive I mean, as listen, Denver. Dude, Denver and Carolina. How, uh, do, you, do you see how Carolina? Denver and Carolina have been more impressive the first the two Jets? weeks. I mean, that's the point I'm saying. These, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, mean, I, 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 I pull back Carolina. All I, all I got is Denver. Well, they beat the Jags and the Giants. That's what I'm saying. This is, right. 
I mean, the point I'm making here. But you is, beat the Lions. But, but that's the thing. When you win by 20, all you could do is win by 24 or whatever. Well, you can hold the lead and not well, give it back. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. That's the question. I guess maybe the Cardinals would, they'd want their. Cardinals should have lost to Minnesota. Okay. So here are. Now, this is interesting. Fez, good math. Who has the best fourth quarter win rate over two games? So the Denver Broncos have averaged a 98.5% chance to win. And the 49ers are second at 97 points. There you go. All right. Carolina's third at 96. And no one else is above 85. So directionally, we got our teams. Yes. And and your point is extremely valid that you're right there with my two that I listed. So, yes. Yes, except my point is impressive as anyone. My point is my strength. They've been as impressive as anyone. More, I think. Yeah. Because let's be honest, we're talking decimal points here. And how much better is Philly than any other team on that list? Yeah. Right? Much. No, no. New Orleans is better. Mm, yeah, okay. I guess. Okay. This is why early in the season, well, that's all I can do is concede yeah. your point. What do you want me to do? Right. You want me to have a parade? It's so rare. that <laughs> I, <can't>. oh, God, <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of it's like. Why, get, that's why it seems like I never lose an argument. It's like you got I a guy. the bad point. It's a good point. <laughs> just sometimes just say, hey. I hate when he does that, but. It's like you got a guy. Why? You like, got a guy that's blanking. You haven't scored. And then all of a sudden you put a bucket in. You're like, <laughs> yo. Instead of like, instead of the way he concedes. Barry like, Horowitz on the back, here. baby. This is, this is the problem. Like, instead of him saying, you know what? You're probably right about this," he says. "Okay," and then he moves on. And I'll it's accept like, that. Damn it! That, like, it kind of concedes, maybe, but it's also like maybe we maybe we could have an after show that you talk about me <laughs> conceding my point. I mean, this is like the third time it's happened. I've been here for six weeks. So. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? And two was in the white. Hey, listen, you know what's funny though is I had a, a friend, and it's Tom's brother, and Tom, who was in sales here. And he got to the point, we were arguing so much at the end of college that he would say, you know, you might not be wrong. <laughs> it's possible you're not wrong. That's that's conceding. It's like when worse. someone says, I don't hate the play. You know, you're like, yeah, that, that, you kind that, of, yeah, maybe, they, maybe they do hate it. All right, know. next one, AJ. Take uh, it over. I'm, go ahead and get Huey ready. Uh, New England minus three against the Saints. I'm not sure that's square. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, we just talked about this. the Saints are third on that list from the Athletic. I knew it had to be. Uh, listen, here's what happened between weeks one and two. Uh, Jameis's LASIK that, that worked miracles in week one, it stopped working, and he was suddenly back to being Jameis Winston that gives the ball away all day. Maybe the Saints, that week one performance, had something to do with the Packers just not being as good as everyone thought they were. Uh, I, I, I contend New England should be 2-0. and uh, And I think much like Tua and, and Zach Wilson, I think that Belichick can take advantage of and confuse Jameis Winston into making mistakes. And they're going to attack from different angles. The Panthers were in the backfield all day against the Saints. Uh, I, I think the Patriots are just the better team at this point. And until the Saints show me that they can put some kind of downfield offense together, I can't back them, so I like New England minus three. Very interesting game because I agree with everything you say. I'm going to add on that it's a horrible spot for the Saints. Third Third straight road game. They've been hanging out, practicing in Texas, and so much for the team bonding. That worked well when they played against Green Bay week one in Jacksonville, but then they went to Carolina, and it looks like the team, uh, maybe the travel got to them, maybe the disruption being away from their normal facilities got to them. Well, now... It's their third straight road game at New England. My only problem with this game, two problems, is that 
last week the look ahead was uh, on this game was Pickham, so he could have gotten that New England all summer long at uh, at minus one, and they had a chance last week to play at pick, and now you got to lay three. So you know that's certainly you're not getting the line sure. value. And I would have much preferred that the Saints would have won at Carolina or played competitive as opposed to getting absolutely embarrassed because now it's a circle of the wagons But game. I think that tells you something about the Saints. I, I think it, te- it tells you that – I mean, I think everybody got really excited about the Saints week one. And in a bubble, that one – like if you hadn't seen week two and you hadn't seen the Packers struggle against the Lions, you would say, holy shit. The, the, look what the Saints just did to Aaron Rodgers, but it turns out like maybe the Packers just have some real problems. You know, it's, it, the, the the poor Packers did win. I think they did cover eleven. They and did a half cover in that game. All right, I know. But but, like, I mean, did you feel good about the way the Packers played that game? Like, no, no. But you know, you got to. It's one of those things where why does the fourth quarter not count as much as the first quarter? You kind of got to count them all. You know. Here's what I'll say, and I, and I'm not making excuses for the Lions. If 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 it doesn't turn into a de- torrential downpour. I think that the Lions cover that game. They don't win it, no, but they well, cover it. Well, well, I, I, I got to come over the top here. Okay. That was not a torrential downpour. That was a moderate rain. The torrential downpour never hit. It was forecasted to come in the fourth quarter because I was ready to play under in that game, and it never materialized. Okay. okay. Well, Jared Goff couldn't hold on to a football to save it. That is true. In the that, fourth quarter. I, he couldn't hold on to a wet football. That's when, certainly true. When it started true. raining, he, was just a, he, he basically gave up. Uh, and it, I, I just didn't walk away from that feeling any better about the Packers, which makes me look at that Saints week one game and go, Meh, it's a good win. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think the Saints are suddenly like something that we didn't think they were. Jameis Winston's still Jameis Winston. One, one of the most misleading games, I agree with exactly what you're saying, one of the most misleading wins was New England's win against the Jets, where if you watch that, Wilson, oh, Four bad interceptions. Really we'll have played. an amazing stat with Wilson in a few minutes. When they, when <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking that. forward to that. Bottom line, I have this. RJ has this. Uh, we played New England minus one earlier in the year, and it's really hard for me to go ahead and, and recommend a minus three when I had a big bet minus one. Well, but no. I mean, maybe you aren't going to bet it, but the question is, oh, it looks like this Tampa game just got hit. Well, it's up to two minus Oh, it might be Tampa money. I don't know. It says minus one, minus thirteen at Pinnacle. That's up, isn't it? Or is that down? I don't even know. The line was one and a quarter. So real quick, um, I don't think that's right, Fez. I think the question is now for your bankroll, it, it affects that you have a play. Hmm. The question is, is this at the current number a good play or not? Like, what do you make? Not the compared number? to minus one. What do you make the number? I make New England one point better. All right, and I'll give if I give them. You know, I keep, two, let's say two. Yeah, so I make it three. I make it three. I make it right on the number. Okay. And now the question is, you know, this third straight road game for New Orleans and, and how d- distracted is New Orleans? You know, the Superdome caught fire this week. You, did you see that? Mm. No, I did. Yeah. So they're supposed to play week four home against the Giants, and they got to be excited about that. But now the Superdome was on fire, and I'm not sure if that's viable anymore. Well, how much do you give them for the spot? Because if this was the Raiders, you'd, I mean, it'd be like a, an eight-point downgrade. I think third straight road game, we, we've, we've looked at that, and that's like a 45%. I think it's 40. more than that because I do think this is going to be constant. Is family okay? Hey, we're going to go here. Now we're going to go there. Just the whole fact of the Jacksonville venue change, or where did they go in Florida? I can't. Was it Jacksonville? Yes. Um, 
to me, this is an accumulation of fatigue. I, I think this is the only point in the game. So, th- so if that's that worth if that's worth two points, now all of a sudden, boom, we're at five, and New England has well, tons so anything of value. Anything it's worth is the value here. That's correct. It's because not that's price, not accounted for in your number. It's not counted accounted for in my three number. So, yeah, you're right. I like New England. I think so. Um, now at three flat, I don't like it just because the market's going the. You know, right now the market is short of that by a you know half a quarter point or so. It looks like. I mean, right now Pinnacle it's plus one hundred five minus three. Um, I like the. Well, see, this has gone down. I like the under, but it was forty five and a half or forty five and a half. Now it's forty two. Here's why. Winston showed to be erratic, showed to be his gunslinger self, whatever you want to call it. What's that mean? Tighten up. So Belichick sees the way they're playing. Belichick is going to look to grind because you know that's what he wants with this team. Mac Jones, who this is amazing now. We were talking about Trevor Lawrence, and we were talking about completion percentage over expectation. That Trevor Lawrence in your stat was the sixth worst of 279 quarterbacks. In 15 years. All right, so I'm going to trump you. I'm going to go back to 1999. And say every quarterback has 30 or more plays. So uh, there's 279 that meet that criteria. The highest completion percentage over expectation of all 279 is Mac Jones. Wow. Through two games? Uh-huh. Wow. So it's two games, but the most accurate of any of them. Terry Bradshaw. Oh, wait, he didn't play. With that. <laughs> it, it has felt like, and, and I've been like, man, is Mac Jones, am I – getting excited about Mac Jones just because relative to the other rookies, he's been so good or is Mac Jones really playing good football? I'm, I'm not sure. I know like when I see Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, you go, Mac Jones was the guy. Mac, I mean, who's the second best rookie Fields. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> Fields Fields Lawrence and Wilson are like, like dumb and dumber right now. Well, what about the, see Fields in that game? What about the guy on the bench that's just waiting back? No grade point he, average. You know what? All courses uh, incomplete. You, you may want to give him credit because so far it, it, it's like a draft pick. Once you once it, once a guy or a, a prospect in baseball, once they get on the field and they suck, their value just plummets. He did have like t- one good play, right? They got him in for two plays in the preseason. Lance no, right in the regular now, season, they put him uh, in for. Well, anything. he had zero plays this week. He didn't make any mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Lance right now is still like a, a triple A guy who like everybody's like, oh, wait till he hits the big time he's going to be the sound off the bat is different oh yeah (laughs) like with Lawrence and Fields and and uh Wilson we're like oh god this guy's not what we thought he was Mackenzie we're going to ask you this question every week (laughs) is if you redrafted this year what would the order be it's changed since last week but the first two are the same Lance close behind him is Jones And then I would take, it's going to sound dumb, I would take Wilson, Lawrence, I'm a lotto, an albino, he just told a mosquito. RJ, you said you got something on Wilson? Some stat? Yeah. yeah. He just told you Mac Jones since 1999. And you're like, no. So, so Mac Jones is the best ever. He's closer. It's closer than he was last <laughs> it's week. It's tightening up. Yeah. All right, here's the Wilson. You know what that means? He's close to admitting a mistake. Here's the Wilson the stat. 279 qualifying quarterbacks. Number 279 in EPA, expected points added, which is a super respected metric. Many look at it over QBR. The worst quarterback is Zach Wilson. The worst. Can I redo my five? (laughs) And it's not even – no, just to be clear, this is during non-garbage time. Who's the second worst? All right, so follow me here. When 
if a team has less than a 10% chance to win, we don't count it. More than 90, we don't count it. Okay, here's the list. Zach Wilson is number 279. Number 278, another Jet, Falk. F-A-L-K. Luke, Luke Falk. Luke, Luke okay, Falk. Yeah. Nate Suffield, 277. Oh, God, this is not good company. The famous Peterson, Peterman Experience, 276. These are all... Better or worse. I'm sorry. Be- I'm sorry. Better than Wilson. Kaiser. Oh, who's this quarterback? It's from the Bears. Deshaun Kaiser? No, Krenzel. K R E N Z E. Krenzel? Craig Krenzel, a yeah. former Ohio State guy. Uh huh. I don't know him. Will Greer. <laughs> Didn't win title. That's Will Whoa. Greer. He's bad. Country roads. R. Fanuzzi, or another Carolina Pan. F A S S N I? That's a made up person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know this person either. See if you can read. That's the name. porn star, porn star or backup quarterback. Uh, Fasani uh, Tuiasasopo, the the former Raiders backup quarterback. Oh wow! Uh, Jesse Palmer, the Bachelor. Uh, Noel from the Rams. I don't remember. Like we don't either. know these people. Dave Ragone and Chiefs era Warren Moon. Oh my god! <laughs> he was like fifty two years yes. old. Mackenzie, do you want to read? You played your, with a walker. You want to redo your list? Yeah, I was just trying to. I'm alive. <laughs> I'm alive. You're worse. denied. <laughs> you believe that, guys? It reminds me of a Columbo episode where Columbo like points out that one of the killers um, accomplices, you know, how ludicrous everything is, and he says, "You want to change your story?" And she's like, "Yeah, I want to change my story." <laughs> kind of like your picks when you buck me. As long as I haven't been bucking you, I've been like, ah. I've been, I, I've been well over sixty percent for the year. I got no complaints, and you're part of that, helping Damn. weed out the the lemon. Well, let's be honest. If I'm good at anything, it's it's finding your weak spots. There you go. I don't. I mean, honestly, I have a six. I almost know what picks you're going to make that are wrong before you make them. Well, this wasn't written down as a crossfire, but I know it's close. So we'll go to Fez. Your three weight. Uh, three weight Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, that was my sixth pick. <laughs> I know it was. The reason I'm going with the Vikings. Oh, he's already explaining it away. I love the trend of the 0 2 team. The 0 2 team, 56% historically. And here's a Viking team. They expect to win. They could have won against Cincinnati, losing overtime. They should have won against Arizona. My only concern is locker room issues, is the team. Having you know the whole Kirk Cousins, Zimmer, etc. But the bottom line: Are they talking about the Delta variant enough, Steve? <laughs> hey, they're talking about putting plexiglass around their quarterback, like as he's practicing to make sure no one else gets infected, uh, possibly. But the bottom Is that line: True? He, he don't, no, it, it's semi-true. In the meetings, in the meetings, he's Kirk Cousins was suggesting they should put plexiglass around him in the quarterback room when he's meeting with everybody else. Rather than him just, like, you know, wear a mask or something. So he's, he, We should build he, me a fort. He refuses <laughs> He refuses to wear a mask? I don't know. I'm just, just like, I just can't imagine him being like, yeah, I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm not going to wear a mask. But can you guys build, but, like, but a... But the mask, you're, you're making that up, though. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, it, it seems That's... more convenient than him, like, building a little but special maybe he's room. wearing a mask and he wants that for That's a double possible. safety. Bottom line, the power ratings say I have Seattle only two and a half points better than the Vikings. If I give the Vikings two for home field, I'm almost at pick them. I'm catching points and the situational spot. So I've got value already, and now the situational spot, I've got a winless team that's going to be in a circle of the wagon situation. The only thing that makes this a lower-weighted play, Seattle 
I would have liked it a lot better. See, I would have won last week instead of giving the game away at the end. And that's and because of that, it's just a small play Vikings. Much like you say, Minnesota should have beaten the Bengals. You agree Seattle should have beaten Tennessee, right? Seattle should be 2-0. Yes. I'm not sure Minnesota should have beaten the Bengals. They could have beaten the Bengals, I think is a better way okay. to say it. Well, let's break this down. Tennessee was in a must-win spot. Would we agree with that? Last week. Yes. They were down, what was it? 14. 14. They stormed back. Henry, it was like it was like a playoff game for them. I'm not saying it excuses it. I'm saying Seattle looked really good in week one against the Colts. Better than the Rams looked. Yes. Right? The Rams. Oh, yeah. Ah, the Rams. Ah. Ah. No. No. Seattle's better than the Rams. They have a new OC. How'd the offense do last week? Seattle's pretty damn good, didn't they? Yes. Oh, yeah. I Absolutely. Mean, how, would you, how would you characterize it? Uh, had their way. I like that. I mean, let's look at this. If we look at, uh, all right, it's 24. Uh, let me see here. 400 yards at Yard, seven wait, and a half. Yards per attempt. Holy cow. 10.3 yards per attempt for... Over seven and a half yards per, per play. Fantastic. I mean, uh, QBR was only 48. Huh, that's low. I thought, that's I, surprising because if you look at Russ's counting stats, he's like almost an 80% passer. I mean, he's just hitting everything right now. To me, the, the Seattle's defense is going to be hit or miss, but the question is Henry and Tennessee is just a different kind of team. Like, like we thought Arizona would do well against them, and we were right. Seattle, just not stout on defense, it seems. But they were stout enough to be up by 14 late. Got a little passive on defense. and Or on offense, you mean. Or defense. Well, actually, both. Both. So my point is, if Seattle wins, you're saying you would have liked that because of the premium on it. But in truth, when it comes to how good they are, it wouldn't have changed anything. Yes. So in a way, you're saying we're getting Seattle cheap right here. I don't think you're getting Seattle cheap. Well, cheaper than if they would have won. Yes. And my question is, how much have you upgraded Seattle on the season? Because I would make the following point. When there's a game, you can learn about a team for one game, but you can learn about a scheme for a season, meaning we didn't know what the new OC was going to do. We didn't know how Russell Wilson would respond to him. Wouldn't we say that the biggest question mark of the offseason for Seattle was, hey, Russell Wilson had the worst half season of his career the end of last year, right? Mm-hmm. Now he comes in, he starts like gang by, or at least way above, or at least, he's at least met high expectation. It, and, and the new OC, the way they're, he's under center, the different things they're doing, it feels like you got to give him probably a point and a half or a point just for that, forgetting the fact that they beat the Colts easily. And then I don't know against Tennessee. I don't know. What, what do you do? Do you give him a half a point downgrade maybe? You know, I, I gave him a half point downgrade, and I only bumped him half a point the week before. So you're saying the Colts, you're saying right now you're no higher in Seattle than you were before the season. Yeah, I think that's a mistake. I, I think I think, you know, I, I think what, what stood out to me is that Tennessee put up over 500 yards. You know, I saw that 500 number. You guys are going to have crossfire on every <laughs> single game. You know, and th- th- this is illustrative because it's tough beating the NFL spread. If you can't find reasons that you like both sides of games. No, I, mean, I don't have any reason I like Minnesota. Because I'll tell you this. I, oh, go ahead, AJ. I was saying, I'm not betting this, but I, I agree with RJ on this. And I, I think 
the 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 one game thing you were talking about. The only other one in the conversation was how Aaron Rodgers would look after his off season, mm-hmm. and that wasn't answered well. But I've been impressed with Seattle's defense. I, I, and you said the yards. Seattle's defense, PFF, they're 11th graded. If you had told me Seattle's going to be an above average defense, I tell you Seattle's dangerous. Uh, and Russ so far looks like the old Russ. Maybe maybe even better. I so, do like what they're doing on offense. And Tyler Lockett didn't get old. I was wrong. All right, so but He looks good. How do you quantify Minnesota's issues? It feels like the 0-2 is throwing gasoline on the fire. They're not 0-2. They're 0-0-2. They've had two ties. Huh? Two ties. They tied Cincinnati, and they tied Arizona. What are you talking about? Those like games could have the spread or win shares. Oh, win shares. Okay. They're 0-0-2. But that's the point. Is they should they, the, the fact they were it would have been better for them to have lost both games by ten than the heartbreak of it. You think they're really ready to try to? What did they do last season? They started slow, and they tried to climb out of that hole the whole year. Never did, did they? No. You think psychologically they're ready for another hole? No, that's when they why they started this with is, the Bengals. They're, they're they're okay. It's an eighteen it, it, it's an eighteen week season. They've got plenty of time. They just got to right the ship Why now. Why do you like Minnesota? Because you hate anyone that doesn't like kowtow to your exact Delta variant, whatever crap. Because Zimmer does kowtow to my Delta variants. Well, does he really? <laughs> Completely. Zimmer's like like he, speaking he can, for he me. Can set down cousins. Send him home for a few weeks. The who's the backup? <laughs> Holy shit, he's like terrible. Um, Jake Browning. Jake Browning. No. Sounds like he's from a good family. Is he from Washington? Yeah. It's like it's like, it's like how much they hate. It's like when Washington last year said, we're mad at you uh, to uh, Haskins, but um, you're going to have to start this week. Because uh, we ain't got better. Yeah, someone else got hurt. Or, or like and then he Kyle sucked Allen. that week. He's like, you know something? Morally, we're going to cut you. Yeah. <laughs> Mackenzie, where are you at on this pick? NFC West teams on the road the last three years, over 65%. I just think out of division, people don't realize that That's the West true. is better than, than the Central. It's like the West. SEC. Fez, you're on there. I, when I, don't get, I get why if Owen— You don't like this 56% trend that doesn't make sense to you about the 0-2 teams? <sighs> I mean, I, th- I think see that as but one of the most the, powerful the concepts this week. No, it is a good one. Here's the difference. I, and maybe I'm trying to thread the needle here. I think the 0-2 teams that are horrible don't care. Right, because they don't start getting worried yet. Fair enough. Now Minnesota's not horrible, but I think the o and t- the teams that are zero and two that expected to make the playoffs, I think it can either be let's try really hard or fuck this thing sucks. You know, like give up time. I'll be honest. I, I feel like talking motivation two weeks into the season seems iffy to me because I think everybody's still really motivated. And it, I'm like, not sure Jacksonville is. They, I was going to say Jacksonville may be the one example. I'm not sure the Jets are. I don't, I don't think I, you think coach. Robert Solid is not motivated yeah. to be better than what they've been. If I got Wilson's my quarterback, I'm like same. No, we don't know. It's, yeah. it's two games. But I just I feel like after two games, everybody still feels like there's some. I, I glimmer think here's of hope. what it is. I don't think anyone's demotivated that much, but I think some teams are extra motivated. I mean, all we got listen. Anyone that watches the NFL that that doesn't say that some weeks that some teams play with a lot more vigor. It's not right. just the way the ball bounces. But I just think early in the season, and like here's the other thing. When you talk about Seattle, like we, we've talked about the NFC West. How many teams have a loss in the NFC West? One. Seattle, right? Yeah. Yes. You don't think they're motivated? 
Like you, you think they want to fall two games behind the leader? That's a in great that division? point. That's I mean, a great point. That's a tough division, man. They can't give up two games before they even start playing in division foes. I think that Fez would be right in 2005 because this line in 2005. Let's think about this. 0-2 team. Oh, they were supposed to be okay, but they're not. You know, I think it'd be like three. Probably, and, and, probably two and a half. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think it'd be three. I mean, this this is like a pick 'em game. Is it the classic pick 'em game? Well, let's look at the win share. Or no, let's look at the win total again. So yeah, that's we, a good point. What do we got here? So Minnesota is, I don't know why they're off the board. It's not, it's off the board. Okay. And Seattle. Well, let's, do, let's do the preseason. But, but, but yeah, but, but Minnesota was. But let's do the preseason. And then we can just upgrade or downgrade based on what you did this year. Well, Minnesota last week was seven and a half. Okay. Let's just do the preseason number. 8.9. All right. 8.9 for Minnesota? Yes. Okay, and what for Seattle? Seattle was not, uh, 9.8 preseason. So, like, one game difference. And they're still 9.8. All right, one game difference. And Seattle should be upgraded a point, I think we agree, right? Yes, Over because of the, the OC net. success. And, and Minnesota? Let me see what I did with them. Yeah, what did you do? Well, I, mean, I there lowered were seven them half a point. They're 0-2. And you they're all 0-2. Against the Bengals. They, they couldn't win against the Bengals? They were three-point favorite against the Bengals, yeah. and they were a four-point dog at Arizona, and they tied both games. So you can make the case you really at shouldn't point, adjust winning them. winning and losing matters. The idiot kicker missed well, the field goal. For, I mean, when we're talking about win totals, like the, the you can't go to the uh, the book and say, hey. Yeah, but we're doing before the season. <laughs> we're going to lop them off a win. Right, so, so we turn the nine to an eight. All right, let's say, let's say one point. So now we're saying then that – so Minnesota one-point downgrade – and Seattle a one-point upgrade. So we're saying a net plus two for Seattle. I'm not going to downgrade. A, I can't downgrade Minnesota a whole point for those results. Oh, what did, we, what did you say, a half? Yes. Okay. So a half. All right, so one and a half. Okay. So the one game is how, ma- how many point spread points in the win total? 9.8 versus 8.9? Um, 2.3 on a neutral. All right, 2.3. And now we have 1.5. So we're saying they should be 3.8 better, right? Mm-hmm. And the numbers are saying what? The game's in Catch Minnesota. It. So let's call it two. Eh, it's right on the line. The line's just right. Yeah, but I'm going through three. So I can't I can't get to 1.8. I can only get to, like, I got to say it should be two and a half Seattle. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean. I mean. Even 2.6 if I'm going not just into three but through three. So in 2005 it would be three, right, RJ? That's what I thought. Listen, the Vikings. Okay. But let, let me be clear about it. I think I, I, I'm fighting against my own point here, but let me be clear. If we assume the, the Vikings are at home and we're saying there's a four-point difference where they're, it's minus two for Seattle and Vikings should be minus two. So that's four-point difference, and we're saying the difference is 3.8 based upon what we just said. We're not going through three at any point, are we? Well, we got once we do the home field, we go through three. No, because the home field right. Oh, no. Seattle, I'm saying if Minnesota, by Seattle being favored by two, they're saying Seattle's four points better than Minnesota. Yes. And I, and our calculation said they should be 3.8 better. On a neutral. On, yeah, 3.8 better. Exactly. Yeah. So thus, this is saying four points, Seattle's better. We're saying that Seattle's four points better than them. Yes. And now I do the home field for Minnesota. Uh-huh. And, and what does that bring the line to? Two point six seven, something like that. Yeah. So I, I, 
maybe 2.8 even. Well, I guess I'm taking the home field out to start with. I'm not even right. like right, thinking right. about going through right. three. I'm, I'm thinking about Minnesota's at home. They're two points better. What does it take to get them to be two-point underdogs? Oh, There's okay. a four-point adjustment. Yeah. Right? Okay. All right. So let's say the line's right. Now the question is, what are the open issues? The open issues are Minnesota is distra- – there seems to be some issue in the locker room. Something's wrong with this team. I, I don't know what. Number two, though, they're only two, so they're motivated. Yes. Number three, Seattle's off a loss, so they're motivated. And they're already down a game in the division, and they can't afford you this You tumble loss that up. I think there's one big thing here, which is that Minnesota, what's, going, what's that 0-2 doing with this fragile team? The psyche of this team seems fragile. But a lot of these teams in the database that were 0-2 were fragile also. I mean, that's... Most no, teams that not, start 0-2 do have issues. But this one definitely is. But yeah. this is more fragile than – I would say this is one of the five most fragile teams of the last 10 years, meaning where you're hearing more whispers coming out about Cousins, but Zimmer might get fired. I think combustible is the word more than fragile. Like it, it felt like even coming into the season, all it was going to take was a, a spark. Well, and, then let me tell you, there's been a couple of sparks. Loser, loser. Yep. And I heard Kirk, Kirk Cousins coughed really Uh-oh. directly at Zimmer. Oh, no. <laughs> So, Fez, you're, you're coming off this, aren't you? It took me like two seconds to get the joke. Um, I, you, know, you, I, 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 you know, the bottom line is I'm looking at all these 0-2 teams. I'm looking at 56% subset, and I'm like, well, I don't want the Jets. And I'm like, I'm, and I'm going through it. I don't want Jacksonville, and I'm running out of teams. It's like I got to pick some some of these teams in this subset. What's the yards per attempt? <laughs> all right, so we got another bet. There's a lot of money. I'm feeling okay about There's this There's a week. lot of money in I'm the middle of the I'm feeling all right with Wow, all right. A lot of, you know, a lot of uh, action, I think it's fair Lots to say. Lots of action. Wow, a lot of action. lot of action. Here comes some more with the total on the game. Diamond Dave Esler, also known as Uncle Dave. Why Uncle Dave? Because he cares. Why Diamond Dave? Because he wins. Let's listen. I love and bet the Seattle-Minnesota over 55 this week. The first thing... I thought of looking back last week as how outcoached Pete Carroll was in that second half. I don't understand them opening as favorites this week, and neither did the early betters. That said, I'm not a Zimmer fanboy and never have been. Vikings have already lost two games they had to work really hard to lose. They let Kyler Murray, another mobile quarterback, throw for 400 yards. So Wilson over props might be something to look at here. Seattle let Henry finally get going. So Cook over props, as square as they might be, might also have some merit. Um, I digress. Both of these teams are super desperate. Obviously, the Vikings can't afford to fall to 0-3. Seattle has a huge game at the 49ers next week. So a loss here could mean 1-3. Thinking about that. I don't think either coach wants to wait until the fourth quarter to decide this game. I expect them both to open things up early and often. I don't trust either side enough to bet on. I know that total is a big number. I don't think it's high enough. I love this over. Seattle's defense allowed Tennessee 6.4 yards per play. Vikings allowed the Cardinals 7.9 yards per play. And the Minnesota defense is allowing a league-worst 78% completion percentage. The adage here that something's got to give is correct. I think it's both defenses. I love and bet over 55, Seattle, Minnesota. Over 55. What? I thought Dave was old school. <laughs> over 55. He's contrarian. What do you think? Should have played those Kings, Mikey. Um, the over in week three, you know, nine and seven on average the last seven years, 56.7%. 
I got to tell you, it's the rare game I don't like over this week. I think Minnesota's defense is bad. Uh, Seattle's offense is very good. Min- Seattle's defense is meh. I, I think Minnesota's going to put some points up. I-, I don't disagree with Dave on this. All right, next game. The This is your three-weight, RJ, the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. Colts plus five and a half. Remember Tony Montana in Scarface? He's chained up in the bathroom, and they got the chainsaw, mm-hmm. and he looks out up at him and goes, fuck you, right? That's what I'm doing right now, <laughs> in a way, because I hate Carson Wentz. <laughs> And, and to be honest with you, I don't like this whole Colts. There's little Colts. I, I don't know what. Uh, what's that? What's the? Uh, Ballard. Ballard. Yeah. Hey, he seems to be friends with every media guy in the country. Lance, he's friends yeah, with. Real good friends with Lance, yeah. Colin Cowherd in here. I mean, Ballard must spend all day on the phone <laughs> smoothing the networker, with these yeah. guys. And Frank Reich. At some point, if you trade for Carson Wentz, like everyone says, it's a cautionary tale, Carson Wentz's contract. It's like, wait a minute. It's getting like a first-round pick to take the asset. If you have an asset that people will trade and pay you for, that means it's not a bad asset. It's a good asset. Jared Goff is a bad asset. No doubt. You have to put a first-round pick around his neck in crumb cake. So I'm telling you right now, I don't like him. But you know what else? I think the Titans were all, this is almost the same reason I like Seattle. In fact, I'm going to give a little parlay out. Seattle and the Colts. You know why? Because the Titans went all in and it was an abnormal game. You're down 14, it's over, but they fought their way back. And to me, this is these two teams know each other exceptionally well. How much of a drop-off is Carson Wentz is what, 50-50 to play? What do you think, Stan? I think less than that. Why? He was in a walking boot. That, Both, just, that means he's not putting pressure on his ankles. He's, he's, he, already, he's got two sprained ankles, and he already wasn't 100%. What was this, in eighth grade? I, if it, we were playing eighth grade, it would be like, he has two sprained ankles. Unless it's a high ankle sprain. It looked like he was on roller skates get, in some of that, during that game. Get the needle out. <laughs> Deaden the pain. But you know what? I wish I, if, in my practical application, I'm going to wait, hope he doesn't play. Well, I guess if we'll see here because, but I probably like, what do you think the line adjusts if he doesn't play? Well, I got Eason three and a half points worse. Now he he was with the, he was with Tony Eason with the Patriots, right? He, wa- he no, was no. 20 years ago and he's been reincarnated <laughs> now. Um, he, you know, it's just a guess with Eason. I, I, I went back and looked at his preseason. Week one, he played very well, I believe. One of the weeks in preseason, two other weeks, he played lousy. Last week in mop-up duty, he played lousy. Um, I have no confidence in Eason whatsoever. Do you have confidence in Carson Wentz, though? Oh, yeah. I, I consider Carson so Wentz. what is the number? Three and a half point adjustment. Three and a half point. Okay. What would this line be if Carson Wentz were healthy? See, this is where I'm like, the, the gap between Carson Wentz and Jacob Eason is the same as between Jared Goff and, and Matt Stafford. I can't get there. Well, I guess the difference is if, if you think Jared Goff, and I think it's a reasonable question because I agree, too. We talk so much about how bad some of the worst starters or some of the lesser starters are. We lose sight that it's still the 25th best quarterback in the world, and, and I think that's part of it is the difference from a bad starter to a bad backup 
is big. Yeah. Right? And go ahead. I got the teams two and a half points apart in power ratings with Wentz being at 100%. You have Tennessee better? Yes. You're fucking stoned. You think Tennessee Titans are better than the Colts with Wentz 100%? Yes. Then why was the season why were the season wins identical and why was the um the division odds like identical? Well, I mean, the Indianapolis has played horrible the first two weeks and they weren't well, identical. First of all, the they Titans covered were, the spread against the, they covered the spread. Fair enough. That's good. So how horrible the Titan, the Titans have played one good quarter the out, Titan, of, out the, of eight. The Titans were a nine and a half before the season started, and yeah. the Colts were down to like eight point eight before when the season started. But it was when Wentz got hurt. You're yes. right. You're right. I, I misspoke. I misspoke. That was with because all the valuation was assuming that Wentz was compromised. You had I, no, wait, 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 I stand let's, corrected. Let's make a big production about it. I was no, wrong. Okay. So let's think about the math again then. Like mm-hmm. explain to me what the line would be. Because these are even teams if Wentz is healthy. You're right. Right? You're right. So now my question You're is, right. So let's give two and a half for home field. Right? So we're saying three points now they're saying here. And that's price splitting the difference between Wentz and Eason. And I think it is going to be Eason, though. I think if I had to bet, I would lay – I think I'd lay minus 200. It's going to be Eason. Mackenzie, look into that. Tell me if I want to make that bet. Is that open for a half hour? Five minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, McKenzie? Uh... AJ, I, I think the Titans have played one good quarter of football, and that's that's the only thing that separates them from the same zero and two that the Colts have is that one quarter against Seattle. Um, they showed me nothing against Arizona. We know they're, they're bad defensively. We knew they were going to be bad uh, defensively. One of the five worst. But they went from the second ranked PFF offense in twenty twenty. They were a ninety point seven through two weeks. They're sixty eight point one. They're right between the Lions and the football team. If you're if that's the defense you're showing up with and you've got a Lions football team level offense, you're gonna be a you're gonna be a below average. Let team. me let me ask you this. Obviously the division's putrid. Bad. Tennessee's over under still nine and a half. Okay. For I, a team that we're like, this team isn't any good anymore. I'm starting to think the the winner of the Do this we go under nine and a half? We don't even have to pay any vig. Under but nine and a half. Nine and a half, but they already they split. They the, split. Okay, and their expectations were what? They were favorites and dogs, so they were 50-50. So they're right on pace, right? But they've, yes, but they've clearly played worse than we expected. Mm. Mm-hmm. Barely won a game and got smoked in a game that they were favored in. Oh, okay, good news. He didn't practice Wednesday, Wednesday, but did not have a walking boot on. Okay, here's what I'll do. I'll bet 150 to win 300 that he'll play. Nah. Well, you, you offered to bet. You said you'd like 200. And you gave him five minutes. I mean, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you can't say nah. All right. Yeah. I was saying I was being nice, but you only You're being off- nice. It's right. You only hit me for 300. You could hit me for six. I Fine. No, I don't want to make you be in pain. Let's go, Tony Easton. I just want you to almost be in pain. Get that on the sheet, Mackenzie. Don't forget. All right, because my thinking is that here's why I think he's going to play. He got some heat for not coming back in that game. It, it was even, who was it on NBC or it was someone you wouldn't expect to do this? And he said, I don't want, I think it was Drew Brees. He said, I don't want to make a big deal about this, but I think he lost some respect in the locker room. Really? He goes, because they, they figure there's guys in that locker room that's got just as bad. He's limping around crying about it because you should be on that. I think he probably starts and only plays like two series mm. and comes limping off AAD style. Lakers. Say, I tried. <laughs> and the idea of two, I've never heard of two sprained ankles. 
ever. Simultaneously, yeah. Because, like, literally, you can't sprain them both. What do, you think, they, what do you think the odds are greater on? Spraining both ankles at the same time or Quentin Nelson breaking his foot, the same magical injury that no one had ever had before Carson went. Allegedly. The day after Carson went. Allegedly. Well, what do you think happened? Well, it's just, isn't it interesting that an injury we've never heard on <laughs> about in 20 years happens simultaneously with a guy that's like suddenly put weeks 5 to 12 for when he'll come back? Looks very um, aluminum foilish on the head type of but thing. What, what, but what is the conspiracy? What's the reason? I don't know. You just generally think there it's, might be it, a reason. It, it, it's just a coincidence. It, it is a coincidence of epic proportion. Well, we actually have some tape. Of the Colts PR agent talk or PR representative. They are not near Baghdad. Don't believe them. <laughs> so I don't know. I probably sprained my ankle a hundred times since I was a kid. That means he's playing. He would not say that. Oh, you got a bad bet there. I don't know. You want to? Oh, no, 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 I don't. All right, all right. So let's bring it all back home. But let's let's just sharpen the pencil for a second. So what do you think the line would be with a healthy Wentz? Let's forget home field. Let's just talk more, you know, that difference between the teams. I'd, I'd have the Titans tiny bit better. So the line would be three. All right. So let's agree to that. Okay. I'll accept that. So now Carson Wentz to Eason, you're saying is three and a half points? Yes. Okay. So six and a half would be the line if he wasn't playing for sure. Yes. This line is five and a half. I think so. In a way, I'm effectively betting Wentz is going to play because I don't want this bet at five and a half if he if he's not. But it's playing. not a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not good. But if he plays, I got real. You know, I got extra value. You're giving me two to one. The funny thing is, you do the math. It's almost the market's implying two to one. But I think the reason they're not is I don't think they agree. I think the Colts Wentz can't be a hundred better. Huh? And I think Wentz. Can't be a hundred percent. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So, so maybe would, it should be a four or six and a half, and they're kind of splitting it. So I know this. It even I think Wentz is probably sixty percent to play. Mm. So get me getting plus two hundred. It's juicy. You want some of that, Mackenzie? No, I'm joking. Next game. <laughs> By the way, this is my two my two weight. The Colts. Oh, we should maybe say that sooner. I'm sorry. I was. I mean, I, it was, you had it heavier. A, let's make a deal for now on, because we, we want people to know if there's a double like. Okay. So make your case. Uh, I mean, I've already made my case. I, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm. I when you started this handicap and you're like, I don't like Carson Wentz. I, I said we probably went through the same process of like, this is the right side, but it it means that like I have to believe in Carson Wentz some, and it feels gross. But that's what's artificial about these contests is I'll wait, and if Easton plays, hope the thing goes up to seven. Yeah. I mean, it's in division. I mean, which tight? I mean, you see this all the time when there's a backup quarterback between two rivals. It's usually a close game. Baltimore Pittsburgh, right? Exactly. exactly. Fez's two weight was a Chargers, which we've already gone over that game. RJ, your two weight, the Washington football team at the lowly Buffalo Bills. Okay, I'm going to make a pretty strong statement here. Josh Allen is overrated. You agree, Fez? We're on opposite sides of this game. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. Fez is one weight. More crossfire. I, yeah, for every every Fez game has a crossfire, so. This cannot be good for Fez. <laughs> All right. Here's my case. 
Josh, AJ, I'll let you play the voice of the chorus in the, like the Greek tragedies. Did you, did you read about that in music school? I've heard, no, not in music school, but I've, I've heard. <laughs> All right. A lot of tragic shit going on in Greece. Uh, <laughs> anywhere where men, mankind <laughs> reside. All right, here's the question. How would you characterize in simple English Josh Allen's rookie year? Not great. I like that. How would you characterize his second year? Better, but still not great. Agreed. And now I can objectively explain to you this year, because if we look at the numbers, and again, it's only two games, Josh Allen is, oh, I don't know, number 26 in EPA. Here's the sad story for Josh. That's actually too good. If you actually look, and, and by the way, the 26 is, and, and I that's the 10 through 90, right? So this is, again, the 10 through 90. If you look at Josh Allen in garbage time, he's had 36 plays in garbage time. He's only had 73 when it's not garbage time. So it's about two to one ratio, a third of his plays. In garbage time, he's ranked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So if you look at his blended stats, he looks fine. You know, he looks better. I mean, it's disappointing, but it looks better. They just won 35 nothing. But it wasn't really a, you know, I was listening to PFF guys, and they were saying this was the hardest fought 35 nothing game you're ever going to see. Did you see any of the game? I did. Only well, the how first would you half. characterize? I only saw the first half because he was out of out of touch. Uh, Tua, when Tua went out, um, Jacoby Brissett looked as slow as molasses. Well, let's be clear. It was 14 nothing at halftime. Yeah. So that's out of reach now, 14 nothing. It felt like the game was over at halftime. I, so I'm kind of torn on this because I agree with those PFF guys that getting to 35 for the Bills, it felt like a grind. The Dolphins were never threatening. The Bills' defense is really good. Oh, it's not. It's not. I can promise you. The Bills' defense, if they're really good, it's somehow emerged from where? I mean, what, what, what was the Bills' – what was the uh, pro football – or no, let's go with the Football Outsiders' defense last year for the Bills. My point would be this. 35 nothing feels like it right oh, – Pittsburgh came in. They surprised them. They did an exotic gnome blitz. Oh, and then they go against a division rival and they put the hammer down. Historically, they've killed this Miami team, meaning the matchups really favor Buffalo. Going back 20 years, Buffalo has owned Miami. But specifically with the, the staff at Buffalo and the staff in Miami, yeah. it's been and all. And Josh Allen. It's been all, yeah, in that matchup, hmm? even back in the not great years. So I look at that and think, oh, 35 nothing. Obviously, I didn't expect that. But if the true, true score isn't near that, now I'm saying, okay, they had a nice win. How did Josh Allen do? And then what we notice is he did fine when they were up so big, the games didn't matter, or it was, you know, garbage time. Otherwise, the guy is at the bottom of the league. So I got year one, not great. Year two, not great. Year four, two games in, not great. What's the aberration? And oh, by the way, what was his grade the last two playoff games? How did he do against the Colts? A lot of old Josh Allen started sure. to emerge in. How did he do against Kansas City? Not well. Four games in a row now, Josh Allen is more like he was before than he was after. Go ahead, Steve. You know, I can't get past the current season win numbers on both these teams. All right? We talk about mathematical bets I got to make. 
And maybe I got to make three bets here instead of one. I've got, guess what the Bills season win number is right now? 11 and a half. Washington, six and a half. Now maybe we should just be bombing Buffalo under and Washington over, but I've got a differential of five games between these two teams. And they both have the same record. They're both one and one. That is like to only have to lay seven and a half in a game with that big of a differential. Well, let's do the math. How's the math working? 2.3 times five, which should be the neutral site game. So, well, first off, let's get strength of schedule in the mix, right? Yeah. I mean, Washington has one of the hardest schedules in football. There's. Let me take a look at that. They play, they play in the yeah. NFC East. They have one of the hardest schedules in football. Let's look at it objectively. I'm showing 17th. Middle of the road for Washington. So, what's that from? Oh, you're, I'm sorry. I misread. 11th. 11th. And still, sorry. what's that from? What's football outsiders say about strength of schedule? By the way, defense last year, Bill's 12. Now, I'm not saying they can't get better. I just don't know why they did. I don't know. I know Pittsburgh sucked on offense in both games. Yeah. And Buffalo is easy. 29. So we'll see what football outside. But the po- all right, so that is what we said three points if it's extremes. That's probably a point and a half per game, right there. So now all of a sudden, I mean, I, I you know, you're saying how many? You're saying two point five games apart. Well, here's what I'm confused about. How much could we get down right now? If I wanted to bet, how much could we get down on Washington over or under or whatever? A couple times. That doesn't seem like a liquid market. Yeah. It's one outlet that let's let's be candid. A lot of these outlets don't let sharps play, right? Yeah. I'm gonna try to get those bets in. I wanna see I wanna see I what we can get yeah, down. Try to get, I don't want it. Okay. I, I I'm want gonna try Buffalo to get under. If you want Buffalo. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna try to get Buffalo under eleven and a half, and I'm gonna try to get Washington over six and a half. Oh, because okay. there's such there's uh, I mean you you can see the point of dis, disconnect here that I have. With those two numbers, seven and a half is a ludicrous line because it should be more like 11, given that. Why don't we look at the teams? What does your power rating say? I got Buffalo five points better than an average team. Okay. And I do think I've got a bad number in Washington. What do you have? Them? I have them four points worse than average. I mean, we're in la-la land. Well, I, I clearly I've got, I'm too low on Heineke. I'm clearly too low on Heineke. All right? Where, where does that put them? That puts them 25th between Cincinnati and the Giants. Yeah. Um, with Heineke, with Heineke. I don't know if there's any downgrade with Heineke. A lot of people agree with you, they, but there's a lot of talk about that. All right, 11th hardest from Football Outsiders. So we're in agreement there. Josh Allen, PFF grades. Okay, so this is interesting. In 2021, his – well, let's look back to his rookie year. He had a 65 grade. In 2019, he had a 64 grade. In 2020, he had a 90 and 21, he has a 62. So he's worse in two games in his first two seasons. To me, it's being obscured by the 35 nothing. And if you think Washington is that bad, then we should be running the other way from that bet to win the division. I, I, I don't think we should downgrade Josh Allen for winning 35 nothing. I think we can throw it in the garbage no, can. No, I'm saying that, first of all, I've downgraded Josh Allen significantly. Because let me ask you this. You were the judge. It's funny because you've boomeranged back. You don't. I think stay strong sometimes. I mean, Mike Lombardi had to backtrack in his mind because he thought Peterman wasn't a good coach. And then he went back and said, he's great. And now he's gone. Now he wants to say, you know, it's like. Talking about Doug Peterson for the Eagles. Oh, right? Peterson. Yeah. yeah. What was that? I said Peterman? Yeah. The, the, Raider, the Raiders back. Oh, he might be a better He coach might be playing. I guess my point would be this. If 
someone would have been skeptical with Josh Allen entering the playoffs. Could it have gone any worse for him? No. So we now have a quarter of a season of games. Playoff games are more important. And it's that not, I agree with. And the Colts had an average defensive best last year. And Kansas City obviously is below average. And you know what's funny? The underlying numbers are just as bad for Josh Allen as those other years. Uh, take a look at his uh, – can you pull up his uh, next-gen uh, completion percentage numbers? I'm going to look here during when he is in a competitive game. All right. This is Josh Allen. Is he's four and a half percentage points worse than expected completion percentage? The only players worse than that are Mills from Houston. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, Tua, and Aaron Rodgers, but I don't have the new numbers. I didn't get after Monday. So that's going to not be. Zach Wilson's ahead of him? And Zach Wilson. Oh, I don't. So the only guys he's more accurate than, Zach Wilson, Tua, Lawrence, and Mills. I don't know if any of them are going to be, like, top 20 quarterbacks at any point. You know, maybe I just – I read all the articles about why he became accurate and how he had changed his mechanics and they'd worked with him and – did you watch that Miami game? Did he seem yep. like he was in control, throwing from a stadium? I, I, I got to be honest. The game got out of hand so early. I only watched the well, first half, and he, like, he looked fine. He looked fine to me in the first half. What, what does the next gen say? Negative six for his expectation. That is 29th out of 33 that they graded. And where was he at in 2019? One second. It's going to be about the same freaking play. It's like everything's coming back, baby. What do you got, AJ, on this one? I, I lean to your side. Smart. Uh, but, but. And the market loves your side. I got to say, this, this, this spread has gone from nine down to seven and a half, and I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked by it. Those power ratings the, the, from the athletic that you talked about, mm-hmm. it's got them seven apart on a neutral. and that, So that's a little bit scary to me. I, I, I probably got Heineke t- too low. I have a two-point downgrade. from, and, and like you said, a lot of people are questioning whether it's even a downgrade. And I got Allen too high. That's why well, my numbers are so I think the so Allen off. too high is speculation. I think the Heineke too low is probably objectively true. Because you had a thing for Fitzpatrick. No doubt. I had Fitzpatrick as being my number 16 You had him higher than Tom Brady entering last year. Yes. I mean, that's all you need to say. What? He was fifth and eight. He was fifth and eighth. He's been a top ten quarterback for back to back years. How long has Brady been pretty good? <laughs> He's forty three years old. That By the was, way, I have Brady fourth. Was, Every year he gets older, he goes up in my. He improves in my Patrick, rankings. Back to back, Brady's like won back to back Super Bowls multiple right. times. After, after the Super Bowl this year, Fez had one of his great funniest line ever, maybe. Where he's eating some crow, eating some crow. And I said, all right, where do you have him next year? And he said, like, a real high number. I go, what? He goes, he's going to be 44. (laughs) (laughs) At least to my credit, I upgraded him. And when I found out he yeah, had the MCL, the boomer, sh- it's called the boomerang. The, no, I found out he was about a, the MCL. Who knows? Why would they lie? Why? Because they want to seem superhero like is why. All right. What's the number, Mackenzie? So Allen in 2019 was also fifth to last. He was negative 4% first expectations, 35th out of 39 graded quarterbacks. So he is in the relative same position, just with worse raw numbers now. Minus yes. six, you said, right? Yes, that's right. Point made, sir. I also think it's an under game, so I like I like getting the bus over a touchdown. Yeah, 
And also, the, press the button on him. That was the no, I'm, I'm, that was the year he didn't have to face hostile crowds. Also, to, last year. Because oh, no, 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 last year he was exceptional. This was the year before. Yeah, but I'm oh, saying you're last, saying to last, it away. That that could be part of the reason. Well, he's home here, so yeah. Uh, let's think. The first game was in Buffalo, and then they let me think. Last week they went to Miami. At Miami, yeah. yeah. All right. Was believe me, there was nobody cheering in that game by the second quarter. <laughs> It was out of hand. Next game. Uh, down to our one stars, RJ. Uh, mine, mine's Atlanta. We've already gone over. Your, uh, Fez's Buffalo. We've already gone over. RJ, the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets, your one weight. Now, you've got a real take on Denver here. You think they're way overrated. I do. What's the rationale of that? It, mostly that they're – Season win total keeps going up, even though they win games that if you were taking their original season win total, you wrote down in pen that they were going to beat the well, Jags and the Giants. Well, first off, they were favored by one and a half against the Jags the week before the season. Now, okay. I, get, I get your point. You could say, well, what we've learned about the Jags is it's not that, you know, they were supposed to win. But also, we made a big bet on the Jags under six and a half. We yeah. knew that that was so wrong. Because we, we thought it was like five. We thought, well, we didn't know, but we thought it we might thought be it five, was five and a half. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. Directionally, we can disagree with stuff, but and that's what people don't get. How often does a team have three straight easy games and win them all? I mean, let's do the math. If it's .8 times .8, it's sixty-four percent of the time you're going to win times 0.8 again you're the dog yes 0.46 or whatever yeah so like literally winning three 80 percenters in a row is unlikely it's less than 50 so that's why they the books offer 10 point nfl teasers and people lose so to me when you win in a way that you can't lose the denver had the highest win share and the giant we don't know how good the giants are yet because listen washington's either bad or the Giants are better than we think. I don't know. I think Denver's been impressive. I think Teddy Bridgewater, he's number three right now, EPA during competitive times. We still I mean, have that trend for first home game for Denver. That's in yeah, play. Now, historically, that's been in week one and two. Week one and two. So, oh, McKenzie comes in. 80 times 80 times 80, 51%. Oops. That's a good bar bet, Fed. Whoa. Yeah. Fez is getting out of the abacus. <laughs> I did it twice because Fez is so good yeah. at that off the cuff. So I did it twice. I've been up sure. 12 straight hours. <laughs> uh, well, listen, is the point stays. I think we agree with that, right? Mm -hmm. Abacus is date back thousands of years into at least the Greek culture. All right. So you agree with the 51? I do. And. It reminds me of my son's sniper problem. You got three snipers all shooting at each other. This is what they do in school? I thought they'd be somehow against <laughs> my problem. guns. So you're a 90% sniper. I'm an 80% sniper. And AJ's only 70%. Well, I think he's the 90, but go ahead. Well, the 70% has an enormous advantage here if, if everyone shoots simultaneously because we have to shoot at each other. Oh, you're saying, eh. But I'm shooting at AJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting right at that bald dome of his. <laughs> I, <laughs> John Wilkes Booth style, baby. Right? <laughs> All right. Um, so to me, Denver is a team similar to Arizona. It's a team that's been waiting to win, and now they got momentum. And I feel like they're never going to let this go lax. They're not going to be lax at all. On the other hand, Jets. I think the Jets are demoralized. There was a set. A lot of sharps like the Jets over the win total. Wilson 
is the worst. And you know what's funny about that stat? You got that paper still I gave you with the stat of Wilson, the 279. You got that? Is, is the distance between him and number two. All right, so let's look at EPA here with Wilson. Now, Fez, this is amazing. His EPA per play, competitive times Wilson, as we said last, 279, 279, is minus 0.818, so minus 0.82, John Starworth's number, 0.82. Okay, if you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven players from last, Tomasumo or something's his name. Tuiasa Sopo? Exactly. He... He is negative 0.41. So almost, in fact, exactly four-tenths of a point worse is Zach Wilson. Now think about that a second. What EPA means is every time you snap the ball, what happens, what do you do to your team's expected points? Mm -hmm. He is four-tenths of a point worse. So every five snaps, he loses two points over what the 272nd guy did. Wow. <laughs> what would taking a knee have done? I, I, it's going to be negative, right? Because sure. You're supposed to score something. But, I mean, just looking at it, it's almost incomprehensible that he's, like, double into the negative as the guy who's, like, two seven, you know, that's 272. And I can tell you, the, these are self-inflicted wounds. When I'm watching the game, Against New England, I have never seen such horrendous quarterbacking where guys, I'm like, what? He's, He's got, got one year under no car. He was going against whack coach. They still use cars in the offseason. He's under no duress. He's staring down into coverage, and guys are just like, peeling off and, and he's throwing it to no one except for, you know, New England defenders. I didn't upgrade New England. New England crushed the Jets, didn't give him an upgrade. How? Why is that? Because the stats were like equal on the game. It was it was just Wilson just throwing away the game on every point, possession. At what point do you think maybe the stats don't matter very much? It's like these this game didn't matter. Throw did this game in the garbage. Oh, did you man. upgrade the Patriots after they lost to the Dolphins? No. Why they, they dominated the stats? Yeah, that's funny. Think about what you're saying. They lost the to the Dolphins, uh, but they dominated but, the stats. No, no, it was I didn't oh, downgrade. They were oh, oh, and one at that point. I, exactly, exactly. So they didn't lose. You said. Yeah. yeah. So if you break even against the Dolphins and you dominate another team, maybe you shouldn't not be upgraded. Maybe decimally wise, but it didn't. It didn't. It didn't hit that half point adjustment. No, it's well, you like to. You, you know what it's like. You get the one percent edge on something. And you're so enamored with it. You're like a guy that learns a card trick, and it's a really good trick, but you're forgetting, like, the basics of the game. Is like Belichick. You really think the Pats have not you, – you feel no stronger about the Pats today than you did entering the season. Correct. Wow. The fact that Mac Jones is the most accurate yeah, that's, passer. You know, that's a really good point because if, if I – There's a huge question mark about Mac Jones. And, and, and Mac Jones is up to easily top rookie of the rookies. So that you – know, you're, you're right. You're right. The, the mere fact that Mac Jones is upgraded a point means the Patriots need to go Because you point. thought he was worse than Cam Newton. Yes. Yeah. And there, there's no way You had further to go. Everyone thought Cam Newton was going to be the starter. Everyone agreed with me. Yeah, well, until they caught him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I downgraded him then. Well, so, can we agree with that? Yes. All right. So, my point is this. that I think the Jets, I don't like betting against bad teams. I mean, that sounds funny, but I don't. But I think the Jets might be demoralized. And people don't want to say it because um, Salah seems to be amongst the anointed. 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 Yes. Anointed. 
minimum. Okay. It, it's a situation where I feel like, like I heard Lombardi go, you know, I got to say it. And he like, and Lombardi's not part of that cabal at all. And he says, you know, even he was saying, well, you know, I got to be honest. They don't seem like a well-coached team. And it almost pained him to say it. And because he might be a nice guy. I, I mean, I've never been around him. But I don't see anything about the Jets that looks all that impressive right now. Zach Wilson's in the tank. I think their or, defense is better than we thought it was going to be. They're top 10 in, in points and yards allowed. I don't think anybody would have thought that. The coming. Jets? Yeah. They played pretty well against Carolina. I, I don't think anybody would have said that they were even going to be. A, a... First of all, Sam Darnold sucks. Don't lose sight of that. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. Sam Darnold isn't that He's bad. He's doing better than Dalton. I'm Much you, better. Look at the QBR and you see Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and you go, oh, is, are we exactly. sure? It shows you how screwed up it is. And what I'm telling you is that let's think about this a second. In both games, there was a big leader. The Jets were down big. 16-0. In both games. What happens? What do smart teams do at that point? They Start to run, grind. Yeah. They take the air out of the ball. Now, if the other team isn't trying to score, because they know you can't score in a 1,000 lifetimes, I mean, the fact that Jets came back and got that push up from five is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Let's not get too caught up in the Jets' defense. I promise. I have my number one or my one weight on the Denver Broncos. Teddy, Teddy. This one, to me, I, I like the Jets, too. Or, well, or the, button, um, no, I mean, boy. I like the Broncos, too. And the, what? Yeah. You said they're the most overrated team? I do, but I think the Jets are, just like the Cardinals are overrated, it, the Jets, just like the Jags, are just an unbettable team, right? Until further notice, Well, see, I think that's the wrong. You want to bet the worst teams. If it's the right spot. I don't uh, When's going to be the right spot for the Jags or the Jets? I don't know. If it's not, it, think about this. The Denver Broncos giving 10 points. You would, the preseason, you would have thought that has to be the right spot. No. 10 points, what are you talking about? 10 points, the Broncos, right? Spread. It's seven. It's 10. No, it's not. Yes, yes it, it is. is. Yes, sir. Eight, ten oh, and a half in a bunch of seven. spots. All right, 10's all right. Now, here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Give me the Jets. No. Is, but looking at the spread history here, in the preseason, it was five and a half. The look-ahead line was nine, but the world opener was 11. Yeah. This thing's come down. And still, 10's a good number because we're getting in the contest. It's 10 and a half most spots off. It's 11 at five dimes, plus 108. And Denver I, said, I know it's week three. And the trend is Denver kicking butt at home weeks one and weeks two. Mm -hmm. I still say it's valid. It's early in the year. There's only three preseason games this year. The mm -hmm. the idea is that and Salah doesn't seem like a hard ass running them too much. Team yeah, teams are not in shape yet, not in football shape, and now they have to go to altitude early in the year. That's a neg Teddy negative. Teddy Bridgewater, success. though this is not applicable here, is twenty three and three in his career on the road against the spread. That's my bad. He's seventeen and ten. Overall, so 17 and 7 at home. He's good. Well, um, it can't be 17 and 10 overall. 37 and 10 overall, 17 and 7 at home. What's the odds that any of these numbers are correct? <laughs> <laughs> All right. One or two sentences on the rest of this Ravens, Lions. Lions uh, plus eight at home against the Ravens. Lions are an 0 and 2 team playing hard. Remember, they've, they fall into the 56%. <gasps> But Baltimore is a bully. Baltimore, when playing a losing team, 
14 and 1 straight up with an average margin of victory of 18. So points. why won't you tell us the ATS? I didn't have it. Okay. Yeah, I, sorry. I, no, no, no. I thought no, that's not the problem. I thought it was somehow like only 52%, you know. Okay. Um I to me this is a simple battle. The Ravens had an all-in game. How much is left? I, the Harbaugh's love to bully. I mean, I, I think that's one thing we know for sure. He smells. But is fatigue going to make it where it's not worth it to him? And I'll tell you this. The Lions play hard. And I'm going to say it again. Sean Payton doesn't have a dumb-dumb as his assistant head coach. Whatever cartoon that's been created about the Lions head coach, I don't think it's justified. And thus, I think he's underrated. I think that the injuries on the defensive side for the Lions are starting to pile up. And the Ravens, the reason why they're able to bully is because what they do best is run the football. And what do you do when you're up big? You run the football. I agree. So I, it's, it's, I think the Ravens are a really good teaser piece. Uh, but if I had to play a side, it'd be the Ravens. So, so it's, What line would that go through? The teaser? Eight. So it'd go from eight to two. Okay. Only negative being the road favorites, not as good, of course, than yeah, the home favorites. No, I, it's, it's, it's an advantage teaser, but, again, bringing it down. Okay, what other games? Uh, Browns, they are minus seven hosting the Bears. They made you a lot of money last week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have zero interest in betting if Andy Dalton's not there. So He's not there. That's what I'm saying. Do you have any interest on the other side now? Because I, I can't believe that the market is saying Justin Fields is an upgrade after what we saw last week. You know something? I want to hear you two guys talk about this. I mean, I was checked out mentally, but I'm going to give a serious thought as you guys are talking. Go ahead. Well, like I, I mentioned SOV, that Justin Fields is the quarterback I want when you're a big dog. Because I do think that the that scrambling quarterback versus the prevent defense, how many times do we have to see I that? I disagree with that. Really? I think he's going to get – he's the guy that's going to put you in the other team in the prevent with his fumbles and his strip sacks. and That I agree with. That yeah. he'll probably make mistakes and get them down 10 or 14, but then I think that he'll – that's the, the quarterback, the mobile quarterback that I want – take me back and bottom line is the the Cleveland wide receiver injuries Beckham questionable Jarvis Landry out so their number three wide receiver Peoples Jones goes up to number one potentially that's a lot of firepower who's out for Cleveland um Landry their number one wide receiver is out and Beckham is questionable okay well Beckham hasn't played played either game yeah okay so you're saying that with Beckham coming off an injury the second bet there's one receiver out Landry yes Okay. He's in a clear number one. Well, okay. So here's confusing. The look ahead line here, now let's define that. That was the week, like right now, there's a look ahead to week four. Yeah. The look ahead line last week was nine and a half. Nine and a half. The world open was seven and a half. With Andy Dalton hurt at that They knew point. Andy Dalton was hurt. Okay. And now it's down to seven. So money's come in knowing that Andy Dalton's not playing. So does anyone here think that Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton today? Not today. No. Even in a game like this, Fez? In a game like this, yes, because of the backdoor, uh, the enhanced backdoor possibilities. I don't think so. You can't backdoor if you're down 30, right? No, you can't. Uh, Not, well, you can if you're Detroit playing San Francisco, but in most cases, no. What's the current market, McKenzie? Pinnacles at minus 7, minus 04, Ooh. pretty much right on 7. Ooh. And the contest line seven? Seven. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I didn't give that enough thought. I really like the Browns. The Browns here. were the last cut from mine 
from from my card. And you liked them at a better number, I bet, at some point. No, I, oh, well, okay. I, the numbers is the best it's been. Oh, then that's when. Okay, have you ever liked a game when it wasn't the best number? Because uh, you've been talking about a few games that, that've been moving against you. No, I, I mean, I, I, I just don't understand why this game is moving to the Browns. Like, I, I, it's, it's I know why it's moving away from the Browns, right? And there have been some sharp handicappers that have been on the dog here at plus seven and a half, and that have moved this down to seven. Yeah, I don't understand it. So what I would say is, this, I'm not going to change my uh, r- rankings, but I'm going to give the Browns a good look. I'm going to give the Browns a good look. Um, all right, here's the. The Bears, the second worst graded run blocking team, and the Browns are the second best run defense per PFF, which means they're going to make Justin Fields beat them. I, I like their chances. I do too. And remember, the Browns didn't cover against Houston. My sense is there was a hangover, but now there's another game. I think they want to probably just pound the hell out of someone, right? Makes sense. Yeah. And they, um, they think, obviously, they took that game lightly, even though they were 0 1 against Houston. Or maybe not. Maybe Houston's just better than we think. Possibly. I don't know why the obsession of how bad Houston is. Like, what was ever the measure of that? Like, objectively, what was the, like, Houston's going to be so bad? They traded Roby. Uh, yeah, except we found out that, you know, yeah. I think you heard is that that was a good trade for them because he was, a, you know, by Lance's assessment, and, you know, negative in the locker yeah. room. So, I mean, I know AJ's been anti-Houston. I, I guess what I'm saying is when you have a guy that's been with Belichick for 15 years, not just one stint, but he stayed with them, he's not dumb and he works hard. I don't know. I mean, I, listen, I don't like Houston this week. I think it's just yeah, I think it's going to take him some time to build. You're I talking mean, about a GM, and, and he started with such a bare cupboard because Bill O'Brien gave away everything on that Tunsil deal that it's going to take some time for him to build. I, I don't think Casario's a dope either. I just think that right now, with what they've got, he's overmatched. I think so, but is are they clearly the worst team in football? I'll say this. I What I've seen, and I talked to Lance today, and he agrees with me, he still thinks they're the least talented team in the NFL, especially without Tyrod Taylor. But I agree. The the effort that they're showing means they want to play for David Cully. Like David Cully's a rah rah guy, an old school coach, and they like playing for. They want to win for him. They just don't have the the talent to do it. And I guess my point, what I'm hearing other people say is, you got a lot of old professionals here. People know how to prepare later in their career, second, third contract. And it's just going to be a professional organization, you know. And uh, all the cheap free agents they picked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Any other games? Yes, uh, the Bengals plus three at Steelers. I mean, listen, Pittsburgh's bad. Big Ben's crying. You know, I don't want to say crying. He's tough. This pack, the defense is great. I mean, I do think it's great. Burrow just, listen, we we were pushing, recommending under Cincinnati. Let's not get fooled by that Minnesota game. I, I think Cincinnati should be downgraded from the start of the year. Where you got him at? I mean, relative to the start of the year. Yeah, let me take a look. Bengals. I upgrade him a point. Why? You can't. That there's no way that Bears game. I mean, I get that that he threw a pick six, but I mean, when you when you lose Andy again, we believe Andy Dalton's clearly better. Andy Dalton was good against the Rams. He was good in this line. I mean, when's Andy Dalton been bad? He has an 86. You said passer rating, right? Yeah, yes. It's not bad, is it? No. So. 
I, I guess my I guess you know Chase has has done much better than what I expected for the Bengals. But how's Burrow done? Is the question? I think he's met expectations. Really? I mean, this is the first three interception game he's yeah, had. Yeah, that's a good point. The back to back to back. He but was also, bad. Listen, if you told me that Joe Burrow was going to throw three picks and the Bengals were only going to lose by three to the Bears, really weird game. Joe you know? Burrow is number twenty in EPA during competitive times. So, I mean, maybe. Not expectation when what, he was 14th or whatever. What's what I, been on that list? Big Ben is 25. Okay. I think we got to check Pittsburgh's um, injury report later in the week. They got so many guys questionable, and we saw against the Raiders how when all those guys couldn't play, they couldn't stop the Raiders at all. So what you're saying half. is your pick on Wednesday, you can't be blamed because you didn't know all those injuries. I don't know if Hayden, Bush, Watt, Highsmith, there's too many guys. Yeah, Come on, that's, that's fair. A, that's a fair point. Fair point. You got anything? Yeah, I I think that well besides that, I, I think the the Steelers, their offense is worse than I think people are admitting yet. I, I think Big Ben is just really bad. Joe Mixon, he's the only guy in the world who's rushed for more yards this year than Joe Mixon is Derrick Henry. So the Bengals are running the ball well, which is kind of different for their identity from last year. Uh, I don't think that there's any there should be any rush for T.J. Watt to get back. With this groin, we saw what happened when Aaron Donald played with a groin. He wasn't 100%. It wasn't good. I would say they'd protect that asset. I, w- I generally want to fade the Steelers as favorites, uh, it, but the value may have been sucked out of this. It was four may and a half. Been. I mean, I, I, so it, yeah. it's a pass right. for me. So QBR week two versus Cincinnati. Dalton had an 81. Fields had a four. All right. So last point, the Bengals have been running – an inordinate amount, like in spots where you would not expect it. Hmm. I believe the following, that we should look at the under for them every week until this becomes more knowledge or more known. This week, it's gone from 47 to 43 and a half already. And here's why. I believe they know they didn't get the O-line right, and they don't want, and and his job, if Burrow gets knocked out again, bye-bye, coach. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we all agree he's not a very good coach anyway. They're probably looking for a reason. Well, but I'm not going to play. Cincinnati doesn't do that, though. He, they'll keep him if he doesn't do anything drastically bad. I'm not going to play unders in week three. Just it's a I bad thing. I understand, subset. but what I'm saying, but I'm in general, about broadly, yes. is since he's running the ball more than is reasonable, and I believe it's to protect Burrow. And it's to protect Taylor because he got so much heat for getting Burrow hurt. The last thing, he, if Burrow yeah. gets hurt, he at least wants to say, look, we've been running the ball. We haven't uh, been throwing it. I think he's it. just trying to decrease the chance that Burrow gets hurt. Yeah. If he gets hurt, no one wants to hear the story that we okay. run 54% of the time on first down when we're not trailing, you know. All right. All right. So let's keep an eye on that. And maybe we'll look at early in the week and see it before it moves all these points. Yes. All right. Anything else? Dolphins minus four at Raiders. All right. So, Fez, you had the opposite side of the Raiders. Uh, any takeaways to that team? You know, the second half offense was so impressive against the Steelers. Now the question is, was that all the defensive injuries, or is Carr really? But even with the defensive injuries, Pittsburgh has an above-average defense. Yes, and and frankly, Carr threw a sixty-yard bomb that was just right on the screws, perfect. Um, a lot of I, I really got to like what Las Vegas is doing. You know, as far as this home field advantage, we talk about different games and evaluating week to week. Um, I don't see Miami bringing a big contingent to this game. Certainly, I don't see any last minute. Hey, we just lost thirty-five to nothing. Let's go to Vegas this week on a whim. I With see a backup a, quarterback. I see a great point. I see a big, 
big home field for the Raiders here. Think of it like this. The Raiders are 2-0. and The teams they beat played one other game. One of them beat Kansas City, and one of them dominated Buffalo, the two AFC finalists. An excellent year. point. Anything, AJ? Uh, through two games, the Dolphins' pass blocking grade, 38.2. Five points worse than the second worst unit in the league. The Raiders' defensive pass rush grade, 87.7, nearly five points better than the second-best unit mm, in the league. So the strong. worst versus the best. Max Crosby has 16 QB pressures. That leads the league. Uh, two sacks, 10 quarterback hits. And when you think about you know, what – what the what the Raiders have done offensively, that's against pretty good defenses, yeah. you know. And then Miami, and that's really without a run game. They've the Raiders have done this with basically no run game. Josh Jacobs may be back for their their, their running back big revenge game. If you remember that week sixteen last week, this is the game that Fitz Magic um, came back with forty seconds left and beat the Raiders in a miraculous comeback. Oh, that's true too. So, yeah, yeah, I think that this is one where the Raiders. There was a lot of skepticism with that cover three, the Seattle's die, seemingly dying defense. I don't know now, but boy, as people are saying, the players are maybe more suited for this defense. All right, anything else? Last game, Monday Night Football, the Eagles uh, are plus four at the Cowboys. Okay. This one's confusing to me because, all right, so it's Dallas is clearly better. Eagles, I just don't know what they are. What I know is when they can dominate the line, at least it seems to be that they're best. Dallas, I don't know. I, I usually would love the Eagles here. I don't. You know, I think Dallas might be getting some momentum. You know, big injury report on both sides. And I, I got to be honest, on this one on Monday night, I saw like two linemen on uh, Brandon Brooks and somebody else for the Eagles, questionable. Cowboys, Cooper, questionable. Other key guys uh, on the O-line on, on Dallas I want to evaluate. I really want to look at who's playing in this game before I go ahead and make any kind of recommendation for a bet. There's too many unknowns. And I will say... Well, you used a lot of words to say that. I don't know. I, I, Monday Night Football, oftentimes, I really want to dwell into and like look at all the props. Because, and, look, and you also sell a pick on Monday Night. Oftentimes, yes. But <laughs> but but I, I, nothing stands out right now. The number's right right now based on what I well, say. Well, we wouldn't joke about that if we didn't give away so much free info. Go ahead, AJ. I've got nothing really good on this game. I'm kind of the same way. Wait and see. You selling any picks Monday night? Uh, I don't know if I've got one. <laughs> you can't know, right? You can't know. No. But <laughs> it does actually sound like almost like a two for the money. Like <laughs> I've I've got some late information. How I'm going to see what Fez picks. I'm going to sell uh, the opposite. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, I I actually got really good information on last Monday night's game on TJ Hawkinson. Late being, though, so well, it was late. late. It was late. Your premium clients got it. Yes, and I gave it out like over five catches for TJ Hawkinson, and he got eight. And it was completely. It would have. I would have been hard pressed to find a better bet than the Hawkinson over for the prop. So what bet. you're saying is, even if early, you know, five days before you don't know, you'll know by game day. So go to pregame.com. That's right. And, that's and I, I will I will stay up all night Sunday night Even, researching the takes, props to find takes. the best props to play on a Monday night game. And that's what I've been finding as well. More value on the on the props on those standalone games. That's it!